Hello, handsome. Care for a rubdown? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my lip penis? Very Yeah, g'day rubbers. Welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast that rubs down everything NRL Super Coach. You are listening to the 2RF Rubdown. I'm your host, Natty, and with me, as always, running shotgun in the rub, is the stats wizard, the king of calculations, the sultan of the spreadsheet, Walker the weasel. What's going on, mate? Not too much, mate. Um, look, one thing is happening right now is... All of all of the YouTube stuff is coming through into the mic. So can you now, can you believe I'm I just, just did all that just then? I'm so happy it, with mate. myself. I can't I was... believe you got it to work. <laughs> I was I was fully <laughs> expecting you to fucking cog it up. But wow. Well, um, no third third cab off the rank. How good? Um, yeah. So what? Three humming. of seven. We're humming. Um, yep. We've got through. We've eaten our veg. Now we can start again in the fucking meeting. Yeah, thank fuck we've got out of the way. Mm. Hooker, mm, front sure. row, forward, in the rear view mirror. Woo. See ya. Never Tough have to worry about it again. And like you said, 2RF, very meaty position. Plenty mm. to talk about. This could go for two and a half hours. Really oh, sexy right. rub down. Sensual. Yeah, for sure. Arousing. Good gear. Very good gear. Yep. And with a good rub down, you always want something to wrap your lips around. It's punch so the top of that bad boy. Oh. It's so hot today. Um, yeah. Pull the back. Wook has actually got a bucket of ice with his beers in it. And, and all of the ice is already <laughs> half melted, so yeah, we'll see how long those last. Ah, that's good gear. All right, as usual, this rub down is brought to you by our Patreon, the weekly rub down stats central, aka the rub club, rub hub, whatever you want to fucking call it. It's just an absolute haven for super coach stats and knowledge. Get on there, have a look. Now, Wooker, there is a new addition or new addition coming to oh, the yeah. the Patreon. And like we've always said, you guys just it's an open community. If you want if you think of a stat that you want us to dive into or put on the Patreon, you just hit us up and we fucking look at it. And if it's feasible, mm-hmm. we do it. So Wooker, what have you done? Yeah, man. One of the subscribers, Jordan Smith, he, he hit us up and, and um, asked us about um, the effect that the buyers have on players' returns. So if you think about it, like the um, spells for horses and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, there is a bit of analysis in it um, for NFL, apparently. So it does have some weight. There's a small sample size, but yeah, we've done an assessment of the score, the average scores of players returning from the buyer, what positions returning returning from the buyer, compared to the season average for that position for each team. So, we've given it a um, a percentage increase or percentage decrease on average, and um, yeah, just highlighting which positions are most impacted. So, yeah, we'll be hitting that up in the next next week, maybe on the weekend. And um, but yeah, we've been punching out a, a bunch of other stats like CT, CTW analysis, um, goal scoring was just released, uh, the, the goal scorers. Sharpshooters. Loving it. Um, um, so, so, yeah, it's the, exciting. With that, with that last sheet um, with the uh, offer spell uh, stat, mm. there you go. You can, that's what you can call it. You can use that if you offer want. Offer spell, spell. I think, offer I, spell I, think stat. I might use it. Yeah. That's what I'm good at, mate. All good. Uh, 
in a real world application, that would be like if you were going to pick something someone off the waiver, you could have a look, and they were coming off the bias. Say you could have a look at that position and the opposition they're coming up against, and say, okay, how are they? How are they performing off a buy? Or mm. if you're going to captain someone, you go, wait, I was, I, I was wait thinking a second. Lines of Let me just PC. double check this coming mm. off a buy. Do they perform well? Okay, sweet. Yep, he's good. No, nah, they're shit off a buy. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, interesting. I like I like new stats. I mean, at the end of the day, whatever fucking helps, whatever gives you that little oh, bit of a leg up, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I'm all about it. Yeah, so we've got... Um... We released at the start of the preseason some of the home and away analysis as well. So giving indications of teams, how they perform away versus how they perform at home. We've got a whole bunch of these type of stats that we've developed over the, over the years. And yeah, plug yourself in, have a look through, and you're going to get some value out of it for sure. It's a fucking beast, people. Have a, have a geese, have a gander. All right, let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. Let's get into our next sledge. As I said, mm. these bad boys are coming thick and fast. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's how you get into the listener league uh, comp, the draft comp, uh, the rub down draft comp. You have to go on to iTunes, Apple iTunes, leave a five star sledge, and we pick our favorites. And for example, this is how one of them would go. This one's called, well, it's entitled. Rather deep throat a cactus. Good start. Five stars. <laughs> I, I stumbled I across. That. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I stumbled across the rub by taking the same approach in choosing a podcast as I do for drafting hookers, taking the last one available and settling for something cheap and nasty. The only thing Natty fucks up more than a podcast is his neighbor's backyard. <laughs> Good. Proper listener. Good. Yeah. Good. Probably still it, fixing it. Yeah. Each year, every player in the NRL is begging Wooker not to draft them so they don't end up with a season-ending injury. I actually Seriously, like to play. I actually like to play the rub in the bedroom of an evening so that my own performance won't be the most disappointing thing the missus has to enjoy that night. Oh, oh. Five stars. Good. I have to admit, like, good. Yeah. Yes, it's a five star sledge, but it's also a five star sledge. It uh, is. I'm. I'm, I'm there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack there. There's mm, the mm. neighbor call, so you know they're 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 an avid listener. There's the Wooker with the end, the season ending injury. We love that. Witty, it's the brevity as well. We love that. Well, yeah, I do. Yeah. You're, not, you're not a big fan of it, but uh, yeah, that's good. Good <laughs> gear, guys. Very good gear. The, the yes. bar is being set quite high early here. I can tell that this is going to be hard. Well, I think Very all, all, of the, all the all the easy ones have been done over the last few years. So people are having to start to put the thinking caps on and come yep. up with something that is quite clever. Yep, yep. I will say this. If you can bring up something that's a bit unique that we've said on the podcast in, in, in the past, that tickles my taint. That gets me up and about. So if you can if you can do that, mate. If you can pick up something that we said like three or four years ago, you're you're in pretty much. You are oh, in. You pull, pull out a full. What is it? More more Yeah, that's a classic <laughs> one. That is good gear. That, that was, is good. That, that was from. The you're fucking... still fucking struggling with it. That was real. That was a real struggle then. You, no. struggled, you struggled. You struggled with the with the, mi- <laughs> with the mispronunciation of of the of the name. That was a double struggle. That was an inception I'm, struggle. That I was a struggle have, within a struggle. I will have to say, last was season, <laughs> last season was probably my best season for pronunciation. Of yeah, I didn't like it. I wasn't a yeah. fan. 
Go back. We want the old Wooker. We want the Wooker who was high on pain medication and drinking wine and just Ooh. off his fucking head every podcast. Yeah, That's what forgot, we want. We got the codeine red wine phase. That was um. <laughs> That's that a was great surgery times. <laughs> codeine and wine. Let's party, baby. Let's party. <laughs> Oh, that's good gear. That is good gear. Keep them coming, people. We fucking love it. It's literally one of our favorite parts of the preseason. Good, good, good. All right, mate, let's get into some news. Channel 4 News exclusive. Brian. And a watch. All right, so we've got uh, Zach Hosking off to the Raiders on a three-year deal. He has signed, um, and it's effective immediately, so he will be playing for the Raiders in 2024. Interesting big news, big news, huge, um, huge news. Makes me think: Is there a chance that uh, Whitehead goes a year early? Maybe, maybe. Is there a chance that Whitehead plays lock and they rotate Big Red through the middle? There's a lot of mm. scenarios here. I honestly think Zach Hosking is too good to ride the bench or play fucking Q Cup. I know that much. So. It's going to be interesting, like throughout the preseason yeah. in the trials, to see where he does fit into this Raiders side. I think he's um, got to be in teams, isn't he? You, you would think so. You would yeah. think so. His his draft stock definitely rises, and he's a tasty little sleeper, that's for sure. Mm. Now this is funny because I I was only talking to you about this two what days you, ago. Yeah, yeah. Volkman, and I was like, mm. hang on. Let's start talking about Volkman because he's gone to the Raiders. I've heard whispers that Flano has signed his son as a hooker. That means Volkman's probably the long-term plan in the halves. And then all of a sudden it comes out that he needs season-ending shoulder surgery. And he is in complete limbo how, now. How about the, the player agent who's trying to suss that? What the fuck's no, going on? The, the question is, like, where does that leave Volkman? Where does, like, does he have a team now? The Warriors was, have to take I, I him back? Looking- I was looking at the post that NRL Physio put up, and Brian, he suggested that um, they might need to take him back. And this mm. is the Warriors. So, and he might see out the rest of his contract there. But If you were the Warriors, uh, you'd be going, no, nah, mate, we've, yeah. we've, we've, wiped your, we've wiped our hands of you. Yeah, exactly. We've already reallocated your fucking locker. Stage, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then that just leaves Paul Volkman with no job. Mm. That's, it's a crazy... He's yeah. been stitched up royally I mean, here. In in reality, he's got so much talent that a, a club will pick him up. Yeah, you'd think so. Fuck, it's um, it's tough for him. Like he's got all the all the talent in the world, but just these consistent injuries are just really hampering him. Yeah, hundred percent. But well, that answers that question because we were starting to sort of mm. wrap our heads around where we would see him go in drafts. Is he going to get a spot? Well, done. That was an easy fix. And the other one I want to talk to, talk about is Jake Avrilo. So whispers are that. He's training on the right edge there and uh, mm. setting Asako up for tries. And we did allude to this in one of our earlier podcasts that if Jake Averillo was to land that right center spot, that Asako could actually score more tries in 2024. Mm. So that's fucking interesting because someone with Isako coming off a really big year, you're going career year, you're going, there's got to be some regression there. But now if Jake Averillo comes in, there's just so much space that will be created when you have a center that is a ball player like Averillo. Yeah. So I, I I definitely agree in part to that, but I do think um, one of the first points that I said um, at the, well, I think it was in the season opener pod, 
I do think that Farnworth on that other side is going to command a fair bit of ball. And I do think the direction of attack is going to be split a lot more than it was last season. They were very right heavy. I mm. think you're going to be a bit more balanced and go uh, both sides of the ruck. Um, yeah. Look, that's just my gut feel, but um, we saw it with the Broncos with how they played. They'd go out to out the Cobo on one side and they'd go out through to, to Farnworth on the other. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But... Look, I, I feel like Jake Avarillo is definitely going to maximise the output that Sarkeo gets. So yep. any regression we see is going to be minimised. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So that's very, very, very fucking tasty. Mm. Now, something else I wanted to uh, touch on was, I think you got the same message on the Patreon that I did on Instagram. But um, Tommy on Instagram got in contact with me and said, He's had a little little bit of a look at the buys and stuff like that. And for people that don't play the buy rounds, uh, Warriors all of a sudden become very interesting if you don't play through to round 27 because you actually don't have any mm. buys. So, you know, DWZ. I think, the, I think the, the cows, if you're around 24 grand final, the cows also have no buys. Yeah, exactly. Well, limited, limited. So that's very interesting. So for a comparison there, Cowboys have zero buys whilst the Dolphins have three. Yes. Yeah, so it's yeah. a good thing to get on the Patreon, have a look at the draw analysis and have a really good look at the buys and especially your specific setup with your league. Because I hadn't picked up on that because obviously the Loveless League, we play through the buys. So it mm. means fucking diddly squat to us. But for leagues that don't play the buys, fuck. And not only that as well, Warriors, obviously most warriors aren't being, aren't in contention for state of origin so there's no resting risks either yeah yeah so i mean what a fucking gold mine all those warriors players are yeah and, and it's and it's an interesting one too because no one very few people will have picked up on this cuz we're only in the second season of multiple buys in the season mm. so it is something that look you keep it in your back pocket come draft time you could be cashing in big time people are going to be yep. selling the farm to get guys like Asako and the team Meanwhile, they're getting they're having to lose the player for three rounds. You bring in someone like DWZ instead, got him all season. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So that is definitely something to uh, have a look at, especially if you don't play those big three buys in the middle of the season. Um, yeah, yeah. Good, good stat, good pick up there mm. from Tommy the Rubber. Thank you very much. We love that. Fuck, that arouses me. Yum, yum, yum. Very aroused. I'm very aroused. All right, bro. Should we get into these two RFs, mate? Let's let's rub it, rub it raw. Let's do. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Here's for feeder. Good luck, Caleb. Good luck, everyone. You give for feeder space like that so close to the line, and it's all over. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Two RFs. We kind of went through the analysis of um, how they scored last season, so we had. 28% of the top 50 players with two RFs. And when you look at them, they come in two, two shapes and sizes. So one of them is your strike edge back rollers, and the other one is your base heavy lock. So mm. Typically, you want a bit of balance in your side. You want to have a cup similar to an RL side. You want to have two strike higher ceiling players, and you yep. want to have one base beast to kind of steady the ship a bit, keep your scores coming in, but has a little upside in it. Yeah. Um, Look, along with your fullbacks, like Tour RF is your most profitable position. So you'll, you'll get your most bang for your buck if you invest in, in this position. 
comparatively at this sort of time, um, so there's not too many options in round one, but round two and three is when you should be looking to pick up one of your, um, your, your high valued TRFs. Um, I typically look to go a couple of TRFs in the first five rounds, maybe one or two um, CTWs, and then a couple of spine players. Um, the TRFs cannot stress how important they are because they do form the bulk of the, the point scoring at the back end of the season. So, yeah. You want a this couple is, this of is solid. A, it's it's big, an exciting position. Yeah. You want some big hitters there at the 2RF mm. position. When I'm looking at the 2RF position, I first start off with I want good base power and I want try involvements, right? Yeah. Yep, and yep. then from then on, I look at how consistent they are. So their coefficient of variance and see how consistent they are. So usually you want to be for a 2RF, like anything below 0.35, you know, 35%, anything below that is pretty tasty. Mm. And then you can start diving into the profitable edges. So if you really want to fucking hone in on what 2RFs to target, a good place to start is where are they, where are the team they're playing in? Where are they scoring the most tries? For example, Titans last year, 51% of their tries scored down the left. David Fafita, ching, ching, ching. Manly, 46% of their tries scored down the right. Olakawadu, ding, ding, ding. Sharks, right, 35%. Nicara, bang, ding, ding, ding. So Hmm. having a look at where teams are scoring tries is obviously going to give you the leg up with those strike edge back rowers. And then... If you want to dive in even further, you want to have a look at the half that is playing on that profitable edge. Are those halves usually using their two RFs? So the guys we just talked about, obviously Kieran Foran was using David Feeder. We mm. had uh, Nico Hines using Britton Nicara, obviously DCE using Olakawatu. That's a big factor that I like to look at as well. It's not a bad stack option to sort of put those guys together as well. So, yeah, it's it's a really interesting position because there's a lot that goes into like making a really good super coach two RF. But if you've got your finger on the pulse, you can really dial into these guys and and make your pick in your draft matter. Mm-hmm. And like you said, and you were hammering home, it's a very important position if you wanna if you wanna hammer home some some bankable points week in, week out. Yeah. Very it's sexy. A, it's almost your safest, safest risky pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you you always get at least a bit of a return from them. Like I've, I've had a few questions in the um, in the Patreon about should I be leaving um, Toraf and attacking your positions lacking in depth or something like that? And look, I don't think so. Um, again, you got to be like water. You got to value value. You got to go where the value takes you. Yeah. But it's not worth taking a 10 point average hit just to get or just to get a five, eight or just to get a hooker. Play the value, mate. Play the value card. Especially when you're playing um, captains. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like that's, that's what I always bring this back to people. Like someone hit me up on Instagram today saying that like, you know, everyone sleeps on front row forwards and there's value to be had there. And I'm like, mm. maybe, maybe, and like I can get behind that if you don't play captains, but yeah. for me, if you're taking a front row forward in the third round and giving up someone that's got genuine upside, you've gone down the wrong path, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Um, different story if you're not playing captains because you're obviously not chasing that super sonic upside. But yeah, it's yeah, man. Those I first mean, three let, picks. Let, let's let's be honest though. There's there's only a handful of genuine like captaincy options in TRF. Like the ceiling, the, the players with ceiling. There's only probably like four that I can think of offhand that are genuine captaincy options. The remainder, uh, and we'll get to Britain Akora. There's players like that that have a really good average, but they've just got no ceiling. That's so it. You've got to you've got to be very the, wary. And the difference thing, the main difference between front row forwards and two hours, especially when you're talking about front row forwards coming off a of year where they scored a lot of tries, thinking AFB mm. Tino, uh, is tries from back rowers, edge back rowers, are more bankable than tries yes. coming from front row forwards. Like I completely throw out tries from front row forwards, but. I take into consideration the tries that two RFs are scoring because it is a part of the attack. Whereas, you know, front row forwards might get a little bit lucky. So that's another thing to look at when you're comparing the two positions as well. All right. Do we, what do we do here? Do some, uh, do a top 10. Do you want to run through our top 10 two RFs? Yeah, mate. Um, Look, it would be absolutely no surprise that Dave Fafita is number one. Yeah. Um, We've got him partnered with his Titans cohort with to Big Tino. Mm-hmm. The Hop God coming in third, Paddy Carrigan in fourth. Dog, dog. He's a fucking yeah. dog, all right. Olukuatu, um, he had such a cracker of a season. His combinations with DC were fucking unreal. Um, Britt Nakora, his combinations with um, his line running is the best in the league. Yeah. Um, but he kind of, he like I mentioned before, he just doesn't have that ceiling. Like he'll get to 90 points and then it j- just shuts off. Um, but yeah, I'll be expecting a fair bit from him and his combination with Hines this season. Um, Zay Yo is um, look, he's probably the most bankable tour F scorer, Mister Consistent. League. Easily, he's got a um, coverage and a variance of point one eighteen percent. So Eli Katoa, cracker of a cracker of a season before his injury, um, came back and looked awesome. He's another dog. Um, we've got Kaloma Tungi in here. Um, and look, I, I think after some of the, um, the information that we've received about mm. Duncan potentially moving to the right side, Kaloma Tungi shifting to the left, we know that, um, Cody Nicarima, um, sorry, Cody, um, Walker, Cody Walker does not use his edge back rower. Yeah. So I'm really concerned about the impact that that could have on Kaloma Tungi if that mm. ends up coming into fruition. So Look, he might actually drift out of the top ten for for mine. Um, mm. But yeah, I'll put it. I'll give us an eleventh just to to cover the bases. But um, yeah, Cam Murray, number ten. I think it's a bit of a bounce back year for him. And um, same goes with uh, Sean Wayne. Um, yeah, I think he his combination at times in twenty twenty two was um, was pretty awesome with uh, dual bags. And mate, I'll, I'll talk about him later. Don't worry. Yeah, interesting. Holes to him. Holes to him. Mm. Um, all right, let's just revisit that top 10 at the moment. As always, ranks are fluid, could change, will change yeah, yeah. throughout the preseason. But we've got Dave Feder at one, then Tino, Hop God, Paddy Carrigan, Olakawatu, Britton Nicara, Isaiah Yo, Eli Katoa, Colin Matangi, Cam Murray, and then an extra one there for good measure, Sean Lane at number 11. Mm. Well, let's get into these categories and start diving in to these two RFs. Elite. Best of the best. I got a booner. 
the elite. So here we've got David Fafida, Tino Fasul, Malawi, and Jermaine Hopgood, all looking like they'll go 70, 75 plus for 2024. I might kick this off and just get the big fella out of the way. Mm. Big day for feeder. Obviously, there's some question marks around Desi and what he's going to do to this. Uh, left side, right side. Yeah. But honestly, if I had a gun to my head, I think nothing changes. I mean, you're yeah. coming into a side, don't change the one thing that was working the previous mm. season. So yeah. I wouldn't be too worried about it. Um, he was just the most incredible. work that Desi's going to put in is, is defensive. And you see that across a lot of the clubs that he's come into. It's defensive work first, and then it's, then they start messing with the, the attacks. So, 100%. Yeah. And the thing with David Feta coming into 2023, he didn't have much of a well-rounded game. You know, he had those big outbreak uh, sort of plays in him. Mm. He'd go missing in games. But 2023, he, he completed missing. his game. He was uh, getting he through was... his tackles. He was getting through his runs. He was making hit-ups. His coefficients of variance dropped to 31%. Mm. 82 average, his base power is fantastic at a 63, 21 total try involvements for the year, had eight tries, which is, that just shows me how well he went this season and how involved he was and how selfless he was for the Titans. Only eight tries, but 21 total try involvements. And that's mm. what we want out of Fafita. We want him to be multifaceted with his game. He averaged 89 in 70-plus minute games. Obviously, had a couple of games in there that were origin-affected, obviously getting arrested yeah, a little yeah. bit there. Averaged 104 points from round 7 to 18. And if you take out his 33-minute game there, obviously because of origin being rested, in that eight-game game span, he scored six 100-plus games, scoring six tries. Like we all saw it, all us <sighs> non-owners last year watching David Feeder in the middle of the year, just going, wow. You you come up against this team who owns David Feeder, they're captaining him, and they're winning. And that's yeah. what happened. Like It was a set and forget captain all the way through the season. Ridiculous. Well, the second half of the season. Absolutely ridiculous. So, uh, I mean, I can't – I'm not going to change anything. My opinion is pretty steadfast with him. Uh, I, I think more – he might even go better. He's just maturing mm. so much as a footballer. And – just the way that he plays, it's so conducive to super coach. And not only that, the the players around him are just benefiting so much. So whether he's scoring the tries or he's dishing it off or making space for the guys around him, it doesn't matter. It's super coach points, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. I was so concerned that his career would go down the same path as um, Coltrane, mm. um, Dave Taylor. And look, he's, he's turned a corner. Like different caliber. He's, he's an absolutely different type of play. He's not that yep. highlights real. Gets in, does the hard work, but he's also got that streak in him where he can just turn a game on its head. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, Massive. And like we like we said earlier, like you got Kieran Foran there. He's got a relationship with Desi. You would think that you know Foz is the first first bloke that Desi mm. goes to and goes, okay, what's happening here? What do you like? What do you think should change? Where do you think I can implement this? Blah, blah, blah. They've probably got a really close player-coach relationship. Mm. And, I mean, Foz would have to be a fucking idiot to change anything that happened last year because David Fafita made him look like an absolute world beater. So mm. that's yeah. why I'm so confident in David Fafita replicating what he did last year. Yeah, and you look at the outside options that they've got as well outside of David Fafita. And, look, you've got... 
Brian Kelly's one of the best runners of the ball, and he's got silky skills as well. And outside of him, you've got a fucking speedy finisher in AKP. Like, there's plenty of options to draw players away. And as soon as they, they start to start to throw a few um, offloads, like he starts to throw a few offloads, he's just getting more and more line-breaking yep. involvements, try involvements, yep. everything else. And, yeah, he's, he's absolutely... I, I, I would be reaching for him. He's already oh, yeah. around one easily. Um, and you look at the, um, the final strength of schedule for him as well, the best for uh, Latoura. So, Mm-mm. look, it's one of those things that, yeah, if I'm, if I'm late in the first round, he's one of the first I'm looking at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. It makes me sort of second guess it because every time I've been big on him, he's gone terrible. Every time I've been down on him, he's gone really well. So, mm. just know that track record with David Feder oh. isn't great. Picking the years so, that he so goes this, well. This is, this, is, this is the year that we're saying he goes well. So, he's, he's in to shit the bed. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Probably sub-60 average. (laughs) Righto, who else here in the elites do you want to talk about? Let me guess. Um, Look, I'm going to talk about um, Hop. Hop. Yeah, so he was was one of my better picks at the um, back end of the draft last (gasps) season. Had him him throughout. And look, at times he was was an awesome captaincy option. He did have a couple of, um, well, a few, sorry, um, really – Donkey scores like a few forties drop in there, yeah, which hurt hurt me as captain. Um, but my God, he was um, he was space heavy, so he had a um, a base power of sixty seven, which is like out of this world. That's getting Jesus. up towards Tino levels. Um, was crossing the line a bit. Like I think with another preseason under his belt, he's going to threaten the line a lot more. The one detraction that I've got for him, and, I, and one of the um, one of the reasons why I probably I definitely won't be looking to reach for him is that strength of schedule for the Eels is just terrible. Mm. Um, so he's got the second worst, sorry, third worst um, strength of schedule for um, locks, but, he's, but the Eels themselves are the second worst. Um, and this is just for the round twenty three to twenty four uh, six uh, system. But it's it's a tough one because I, I do think that he's not going to. He's going to regress slightly, so probably we've got him pegged at around about that seventy average for next season, uh, this season. But yeah, it's um, I'm still excited by him, and if he does slide into say the fourth round, thank you, lucky stars, um, he's definitely getting drafted. But I do think that um, value is probably going to see him draft somewhere in third round three. Yeah, yeah, twenty pick twenty somewhere. Hopgood is um, that I was pleasantly surprised with that was when Maddo came back into the fray, was coming off the bench, really didn't hinder him that much. He probably dropped maybe three or four points in his average, but his average mm. was so high at that point. Like he was an 80-something average yeah, yeah. before Maddo came back. Then Maddo came back, stole a little bit of minutes off him, but he was still mm. sort of punching out 60 minutes a game. Yeah. With that 60, he was still doing you know 70 70 points a game, sort of averaging around that 70. So I'm not worried about Maddo being on the bench. I think still both of them are fantastic super go options for 2024. Um, there's obviously in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm going, oh, you know, first year, second year syndrome, a little bit of regression. I usually get a little bit scared off from guys like that. 
because uh, yeah. no doubt he will have a little bit of a regression. But um, mm. look, it just he's not a guy that I'm hyped up for in the third round. And like you said, that's probably where you're gonna have to mm. take him. But yeah, yeah. if the hop god pops his head up in round four, I get, I start getting very excited. Oh, exactly. But I think you're gonna have to get in line essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's the other thing. People are drafting on name. This is a guy mm. coming off a career year. Um, guru, a lot of uh, stuff with him. You know, his notoriety oh, yeah, grew sure. through the guru and his page. So the hop god, Jermaine Hopgood, his name's on everyone's lips. Mm. Guys like this that have been talked about a lot tend to get overdrafted. And yeah. you need to not fall into that trap. Don't draft them just because fucking people are talking about them. People yeah. sucking their dick doesn't make their average grow. As much yeah. as Guru thinks it will, it will not. <laughs> well, he was. Um, yeah, so, well, it worked, worked for him last it did, year. It, didn't did, it? it did work massively for him. Um, he can thing... pick him, Guru. I'll fucking give him that. Jesus. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's why he's, uh, he's the black. That's why he's the Guru, then, baby. Can be anything. CBAs. <laughs> um, CBA Academy. Uh, mm. So, his, his offloading is, is an area where he was like getting six points per game bank it. Um, I have a concern that teams are going to be marking up on him and, and locking up the ball based on video work in the off season. Yeah. And they're going to be highlighting that as one of the big things that they need to lock down. Because a lot of the second phase play that was um, was, a, was afforded to the Eels from those offloads, they were scoring points through. So it's definitely something that um, teams are going to be locking that down and, and we might see a, a bit of further regression um, just with a drop in offloads as well. I will say this: teams have been trying to wrap the ball up for the from the Parramatta Eels for a couple of years now. Like they're a team that offload at will. Mm. Um, so, One of the guys yeah, we talk about later is definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they love to offload. So interesting. No, I'm, I'm still big on him, but just I'm very wary that it's the dick sucking factor for me that it, it really throws up red flags. It's like mm, I just. Yeah, he'll get overdrafted for sure. All right, let's keep on moving to the guns. Guns. Lots of guns. Mr. Bergen, do you have a massive erection? Swing. Heaps of guys in here that we like. Fuck me. Mm. So we've got Paddy Carrigan, Tohu Harris, Big Olakawatu, Britton Nikara, we've got Isaiah Yo, Ellie Katoa, Kalamatangi, Cam Murray. I'll kick it off. Yeah. I might talk about Big Ola. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, very sexy, obviously, Big Ola Kawatu. It seems like he's starting to realize how big and how destructive he actually is. Mm. So average 69, nice. Base nice. power 54. Uh, total try involvements is 22. That is the most of mm. any back rower in the comp for 2023. So we had the most try involvements for a back row. We love that. Tries, 10. You can put more on that. There's room for growth with the tries. Uh, Coefficients of variance is pretty good, 38%. Not exactly where we want it to be, but I will say that... For one of the highest ceiling season tariffs, you kind of take that. He doesn't have... You have to take it, yeah. The floor. I think as the seasons go on, like he'll he'll fix that up. He'll fix yeah. that part of his game up. Um, so for me, the only thing really is the consistency. And it's going back to what I said at the start of the podcast, like Manly, they score all their tries on the right. 
DCE is one of the most notable halves that loves to use edge back rowers. Oluquatu off his hip. It's a fucking mm. gold matchup, right? It's so good. Ola's going to be there always. His base is getting up there around the sort of mid 40s. That's starting to get a little bit better. So he's getting more involved. I just can't see him regressing at this point. I feel like his trajectory is only going up. So into the 70s for Oluquatu, mm. I can't see why that wouldn't be a possibility in 2024, especially if Manly Seagulls are fit and they've got blokes like Garrick and Cola Ooh, and Turbo. Ken of Cola is outside him. So, so many attacking weapons if they're all fit. And then you've just got this fucking beast of a man. Just freakish human being. Absolutely barnstorming cunts 10 meters out. He's impossible to stop. Um, just feed this big fellow the board. Just get tries. That's all you need to do, yeah, DC. Just would he do go, more of it. Would he go down on the list of Natty's buff dudes? Very buff. Super yeah. buff. Like one of the buffest. Yeah. Um, we've got a few fucking, don't you worry. There's a few buff dudes on this list tonight and I'll be fucking rubbing these buff dudes down oh, you will. very, very rigidly. I'm rigid. <laughs> They'll be rigid. You'll probably be rigid at the end of it. Plenty of buff dudes getting rubbed. Always. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. I had him in one of my leagues last season. He was always dependable. Fucking loved him. Yep. Take him in the third. He's worth a punt. He is yep. worth. He is I agree. Worth a, he is worth a punt. I agree. I yeah. agree. I mean, when you when you consider their run in the finals, uh, they've got Raiders into Warriors, which is a tougher run. But then Tigers and Bulldogs in the twenty five and twenty six round. That's pretty fucking tasty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very tasty. Sort of as we go through these two RFs. We'll keep harking back to that three four five rule. Three four yep. five rounds, they belong to the two RFs. We'll tell you where they belong because these are the guys you want to get in those rounds. Over those three rounds, three, four, five, you want two two RFs. Yep. Write that down. You can pause it, go back, pull over on the side of the highway, whatever you need to do. <laughs> Write that down. It's bankable, people. That's what you gotta yep. do. No, exactly. All right, you talk need, to me. You need some investment. Um, mm-hmm. Next guy I'm going to talk about is Tohu Harris. So he's getting towards not the back end of his career, but he's he's definitely turning turning a page from being obviously that strike edge back warrior that we saw at the Storm. Definitely going in more towards like the um, like the Isaiah Yo type um, lock. So yep. base power 56 last season. I mean. Decent, decent enough average sitting at, um, what was his average last season? A 66. So not too much variance there. Coefficient of variance, 27%. So pretty safe bet. I just can't see him going any higher than this. Um, he's lost his jewel, which was the main um, draw card for him. Going back to just 2RF, I just don't see that much, as much value in him. I'm honest. Yeah, he's um he's one that I'm going to bring up with Brian. I'm worried about Tohu Harris and how his body is held together at the moment because by the looks of things, Mate, he, is fucking, he is sponsored by fucking 
Elasto, whatever the fuck, because yeah, he's he's struggling. I'm just looking at his games from last year. Although a very sexy average, he had a lot of down minute games run, mm. which I'm thinking is probably injury affected. So yeah. that's the only thing that worries me. It's probably, what what are we thinking? His last season, he's probably having one more roll of the dice if he can get the Warriors I reckon, Premiership. Nah, I reckon I reckon he's got a, a couple more seasons in him. <sighs> I think his role will be downgraded a in wheelchair bit, rugby. So. Or or the NRL. Ah. Oh, mate. When you when you're talking about players getting <laughs> like several hundred thousand dollars a year, you'll yeah, play out but, another season if you can if you can eke it out. Yeah, they'll probably manage his minutes, come on, plays forty minutes or whatever and get a few more dollars out of him. But yeah, he's mm. one I'm definitely gonna be talking to Brian about because that's the only thing yeah. I'm worried about is these injuries and he just looks He's definitely gonna be ragged. He's, he's definitely gonna be overdrafted. And yep. um, he's one of the players that I'm just wary about. And so I might, I'll let him be. I'll let him be someone else's problem. Um, I think so. I think I think for the risks that you're taking to draft him, the rewards aren't going to be there. So, right. Yeah. It's at points last season he just looked absolutely fucking disheveled. Mm. Like he was oh, beat yeah. up. He was fucking beat up. Um, also, just uh, to note. That the in the last four games of 2023 he scored three tries in those last four games, but it padded his average out Ooh, really big nicely. Time. Big time, really nicely. So a little bit of a red a, flag there as well. As a, as a lock, you don't want to be banking on those tries. No, no, no. Delete them. Delete those yeah. tries. Don't bank no, on agreed, them. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I want to talk about Isaiah Yo. Now, I I owned Isaiah Yo last year, won him in a bet, and the last time I. Mm. I owned Yo before that was when he was playing centers or something like that, like way back yeah, in the day. He got um, randomly given CTW Jewel. Yeah. So um, I really enjoyed having Isaiah Yo, and it made me sort of look at him in a different light. Uh, he is someone that I, we obviously play with two, two, two RFs in our side because we've yep. got a, a bit of a shortened field. Uh, and if I can, if I can get Isaiah Yo and partner him with a, a strike edge back rower, that is the ideal scenario for me and my team and what I'm looking to do could you imagine to how, spot. Can you imagine how good it would be if you could go back-to-back picks of Olakowatu into Yo? Just or Yo so in, into, into the next guy we'll talk about is Ali Katoa. Like, that's, that's tasty. Yep. Yep. He's He is fucking... Talk about set and forget, never think about him again. Average 69, nice. <laughs> Base power 60, total try involvements for a lock 15, nice. Only four tries, whatever. Coefficients of variance, 18%. 18%. That, you, you can't, you, like as a 2RF, even, even at a lock, that's fucking ridiculously good. You can set your clock to that. That's fucking mm. unbelievable. Pure base, 54. Hello, that's mm. lovely. 60-60. Yeah, I know. 60-60. 71%. So scoring over 60, 71% of the time. That's fourth behind Fafita, Hopgood, and Tino. So he's way up there, way up there. Um, from round 21 to 27, when the Panthers started really ramping up, as they do the last sort of three years, when they start gearing up for finals, everyone goes to another level. Um, he averaged 73 in those seven games. So love that for that time of year when it's going to be Supercoach finals. He is a great fallback captain option every week. Oh, yeah. Because if you he, know you're playing, going if, to get 70. If he's, if he's playing late in the round, he's so good to just as, as a fallback option if you want to have a roll at the dice at the VC loophole. 
Oh, easy, easy, easy. Can't imagine a better um, one. And like to even sort of like hark more back onto how fucking consistency is. Let's look at the last two years. So he went 66 average into a 69 average. His pure base went 53, 54. His coefficient of variance went 20, 18. His 60, 60. Uh, so games over uh, 60 points went 65%, 75, 71%. Scored four tries in both of those years. I mean, do you get any more consistent? No. no That's it's, fucking that, yum. It's like, it's like Haas, Haas levels and That's... Jerbo <laughs> levels. It's ridiculous. And he definitely belongs in round three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I do think that, um, look, I, I don't know. Like I agree, part of me agrees with you, but I, I think part, like the first three rounds, we should really be chasing players like they're averaging like seventy to eighty points on the reg, or ceiling players. The thing play- that I like with Isaiah, yeah, if you lock him down in round three, you've still got guys like you said, like Ellie Katoa, mm. probably yeah, Sean yeah. Lane. Um, oh, Sean Lane! I think Sean Lane. You're in a lot of leagues. He's gonna, if you can be patient, you might be able to get him round five. Yeah, based but on his assistance average. Four. We'll talk about him in seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. You take him in four for sure. So what I'm saying is, like, you bank him. I think there's some really good value to be had in round four, mm. and you've already locked away that seventy point consistency every week. He's probably a fullback captain option, and then you can yeah. bring in some of this strike. Um, because obviously, because Paddy Carrigan will probably go before Isaiah Yo, so he's that other really consistent guy um, that you could partner up with an edge back rower. Um, other than those two, I mean, Johnny Bateman is probably the next best consistent yeah. guy, and he's a 60 average. So you're dropping mm. 10 points in average when you're talking about a solid um, back uh, lock. I guess Murray probably mm. around the sixty-five. He could put he he actually probably probably up there with the Paddy Carrigan and he, Isaiah Yos. He fluctuated way too much last season, so yeah, he's definitely he's not as consistent. That, yeah, he's one player that I I'm a little bit concerned about because last season he had a, like in the middle of the season had such a dip. He was hitting forties and fifties on the reg. It it wasn't a regular season from Murray from any in any. Stretch. Well, that just goes to what I'm. This is that just goes to what I'm saying then. So the, those mm. consistent, consistent high scoring locks are very rare, whereas I think there's more of those strike edge back rows that you can pick from in the next two rounds. So getting Isaiah Yo mm. in third sort of opens you up for more of those edge back rows down down the stretch. So that's how I'm thinking of it anyway. Yeah. Okay. Let's um let's touch on Paddy Carrigan for a second because he there's two Paddy Carrigans right. There's early Paddy Carrigan and there's late Paddy Carrigan. And I did the math. Then there's the tri-scoring Paddy Carrigan. Because from rounds 1 to 12, he averaged 55. Mm. From round 12 onwards, he averaged 82. Yeah. So I don't know what happened there because obviously he 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 played a little bit of edge. It It was minutes. And he was scoring a little bit of tries, but his game did change. He was still that, mm. you know, that that ball playing lock as well. But yeah. it's like, what Paddy Carrigan are we drafting for twenty twenty four? Are we drafting early Paddy Carrigan at fifty five? Mm. Because I was all over his dick last year, and for the first twelve rounds, I was 
upset. I was like, this isn't the guy that I thought we were all going to draft. And then all of a sudden, he just fucking kicked it into fifth gear and just went ballistic Mm -hmm. and just, yeah, just really sexy. So, I mean, he's... Like at the start of the season, in the first eight rounds, he didn't play a single game over um, 76, well, 70 minutes. Mm. He didn't hit his first 80-minute game until round nine. From then, he went one, two, three, four, five, six, 80-minute games, and then the remainder are are fairly high games. So I I do think it was minutes-based. He did have a pretty dreadful um, average at the start of the season. So I I thought that his regression might have been a key factor there. But no. I think it's just with Kevy, he was he was doing a bit of rotation with um between Haas, Flegler and Carrigan. I yep. think they go both Haas and, and Carrigan are gonna command a bit more minutes because you would there think won't so. be as as much trust in Jensen, Tapau and um Fletcher Baker to get the job done. Mm. So you won't he won't want as much of a drop in momentum with the the rotate the forward rotation, so I do feel like it's a pretty safe bet that Paddy Carrigan will hit the ground running, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck, we love Paddy. Jeez, we love mm. Paddy. Another guy oh, yeah. that's a, a steadfast round threer. So oh, yeah. yep. you're not taking him out of that sort of category either. So mm. um, anyone else you want to talk about here in the guns before we move on? Oh, we touched on we touched on Katoa. He's he's definitely one that I'm I'm interested in. Oh, um Yum. I, I think probably more towards round four, but um, but he's definitely one that is on my radar, and I'm just going to see where the um, where the cards fall at draft time. Bianca is probably the the big one to talk about. We we talked about him briefly before. I've got huge concerns that if he shifts to that left edge, Cody Walker's not going to use him. Um, he'll just oh god, did you die? Hello. <laughs> no, I'm still, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. Oh God! I hope people are watching the live. That was fantastic. Wow. One of Walker's best. Oh, God damn it! God, Kyle, could you one time kick it? What the? He's fuck? rattled, people. He's rattled. Take a breath. Take a breath, bro. The, the, the studio's falling apart. There's things falling off the walls. The camera's falling over. The mic's fucked. Oh God, this is good. This is really good. I tell you what, I will. Before we continue on to uh, Colin Montoya, I just want to hark back onto Eli Katoa, just quickly. He obviously had that hot eye injury, and there was a couple of games where he's coming off the bench, uh, limited minutes. If you just look at his eighty-minute games, he averaged over seventy. So, well, he averaged seventy, bang on seventy. So. Just keep that in mind when you're looking at Eli Katoa. He does have the potential to be one of those elite back rowers. Um, yeah. I think we're only scratching the surface of that attacking combo that he has with Hughes. And if we think the Storm can be better in 2024, that's that's yum. I think there can be at least five points of uptick in value for Eli Katoa. So nice little value pick. Someone that I think, yeah, you could probably get in round four, um, but could present round three value. Which I love. That's and that's what we're here for. How you going over there, Walker? Do you want me to keep talking until you're sorted? 
You're good, bro. I'll carry it. Like, look at these shoulders. Broad. I got it. I got it, bro. Nope. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. I'll do the heavy lifting, mate. Colin Matoni, like you said, Cody Walker does not use edge back rowers. I'm not even looking at him if he's playing left. Uh, but fuck me, I'm looking at Talis Duncan if he's starting on the right and getting 80 minutes. I'll talk a little bit more about him later when we get into the later categories. But yeah, Keon Colomitani, I mean, it does it does present some value in that left edge. Like when we talk about those really attacking, sexy super coach attacking edges, they usually they've got four or five options to choose from and defenses are in three, four, five, six minds when they're trying to defend these positions. And that's when, you know, you see everyone get a, a nice little bite of the cherry because somewhere there's going to be space. The defense is just spread too thin because they're trying to cover too many players. So maybe that helps Colin Matungi and maybe that's how Walker brings him into this game. But we have said this before that the one thing we know about that left edge is that it's the Cody Walker holds the ball up to a Latrell Mitchell on the sweep and Latrell Mitchell fucking froths the cutout ball to his winger. And who's he cutting out? The edge back rower and the center and Kalamatangi could be that guy that sort of misses out. So that is a huge worry for Keon Kalamatangi. And until I sort of get word otherwise, I'm not looking at him at all. So I guess that's probably it for the guns. Cam Murray is a guy that we've got here in guns, but like Walker alluded to a little bit earlier, Murray has been a little bit inconsistent. And with all these attacking weapons all over the the park for South, they are a bit of a side-to-side team and not so much through the middle. So, and we saw it in his average, it dropped from 71 in 2022 to a 63 in 2023. So, yeah, not for me. Uh, he obviously had a really strong back end of the year, stringing together a lot of 70s. So, I guess I guess he's a guy that probably usually is around two, round three. But if he's there in round four, we're, pick, we're talking picks in the 30s. I don't mind him there. I don't think he'll make it there in a lot of leagues, but if he does pop his head up in round four, um, I'll take him there. But I'm not really interested in him. Uh, he's back. Look out, Walker's back in the chat. Oh, mate. Yeah. Oh, hello, mate. Jeez, that was dramatic. Just, fuck. Just, just, just when everyone thought that, oh, thank fuck, Walker's not on my screen anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. baby. Oh, I have to admit, God. I almost shut myself because... Um, because all I could see was everything fall down in front of me. Yeah, um, no, it's, it was fun it's usually to watch. just all my super coach players. It, anyway. it was, it was, it was fun to watch live. That's for sure. Yeah, no. I doubt. was just telling everyone that Cam Murray is probably a, not an option, but if he pops his head up in no. round of four in the picks thirties, uh, we do like that. Dropped it from yeah. average seventy one to sixty three last year, so not mm. really sexy enough for me. Yep. Uh, let's move on to the sweet spot. That's your sweet spot right there. Oh my God. Oh fuck. Oh my God. Fuck yeah. That's it. Middle yourself there in the camera. Jeez, he's doing well, people. I'm watching. He's learning. He's learning. So here in the sweet spot, we've got blokes like John Bateman, Mitch Barnett, Sean Lane, uh, Maddo, Horsburgh, mm. Hutto, 
Bryce Cartwright, right? Kikau, Bo Firma, Scott Sorensen, Teague Wilton, IPAP, Nat Butcher, Jacob Preston, Liam Martin, Josh King. So still a lot of good players that are going to be available here. Um, who do you like here, Will? What are we gonna, what are we gonna talk about? Um oh well, I had I had Johnny Bateman in, in both my both my main leagues last season and yeah, he was a he was pretty crackerjack at times. Um the one big killer for both him and Zoe Papali'i is that round twenty six buy. Um it's it's a real kick in the dick. Because you'll be spending one of your top five picks maybe on him. Mm. Um I just don't think you'll be you'll be you should be play, um paying that much for a player that won't be playing in your grand final. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, that's that's the big thing, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah that that's that's really worrisome. Um mm. like I, I do, said before, I, he's super consistent. Oh, he's consistent and he looked fucking sharp in a lot of those games where he he was the go to guy when they needed to do something. He would mm. Unce a few guys. He'd throw some offloads. He'll kick the ball through. He'll do something. He was he was amazing. Um, I think with the new halves combination that they'll have, they'll take a little bit of time to settle in. I think his his involvement early on will be good. So he mm. might be might be an interesting one to start start with as a steady player in classic. Might be a bit overpriced though. Um, but Isaiah Papali'i is probably one in classic more more so that I think, look, they never really figured out how to use him last season and he never hit anywhere near the heights or, or even showed any inkling of the heights that he had at, at the Eels. So, mm. yeah, he's definitely one that's on – he's on my radar um, in classic more than more than draft. Um, but, yeah, yeah it's, 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 a, it's a tough just... one with Tigers players. Last year, I was definitely more on IPAP than I was Bateman. This year, I'm probably mm. more on Bateman than I am IPAP. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the 80-minute games that John Bateman played, he averaged 65. So a little bit of value there if you're only taking the 80-minute game. So that's a four-point in value straight off the bat. Base pair of 58, yum. Only yeah. had six total try involvements and only two tries for himself, which means there's a lot of room for improvement if he gets sure. involved a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't mind him as a shout because no matter how the Tigers are playing, you're getting the same same output from, from Johnny Bateman, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, and, and you touched on it. There's so much room to grow in, in the attacking output. Like, yep. I, I do see... They weren't really in attacking positions most of the parts of last season, so he's definitely no. one that I'm, I'm looking at closely in classic, just at um, at certain times to dip in, hoping that they have have a tough start to the season. But um, interestingly, if you if you do have around twenty five by, um, uh, sorry, around twenty five grand final. Flip out what we just said, and I do yeah. think that Johnny Bateman and Isaiah Papali are fantastic options to consider because you'll get them a lot cheaper. Isaiah Papali, especially um, for what you, you really should be paying for him. Yep, yeah, for sure. Um, a guy I want to sort of touch on here is Nat Butcher. Love yeah. Nat Butcher. Average sixty three, base power fifty seven. 
Total try involvement, seven, only four tries. Coefficients various, 29%. Yum. Pure base, 54. Mm. Everything is very fucking sexy to look on, look at on paper there. That's very yeah, nice. Yeah. Very nice numbers, right? Uh, there's two schools of thought coming. here. Yeah, two schools of thought. I'll start with the positive. Uh, yeah. So in 2022, when Walker settled on that right edge and, he, and Butcher started playing 80 on that edge in the back row, uh, he went on to score seven tries in seven games. So there is that upside when there is consistency in the half that is playing inside him. And mm. I think Walker and Butcher do have a nice little combination. Uh, so he only scored four tries in 2023. So if he can spark up that attacking combo again with Walker, I honestly think he can average in the 70s. That's how good I think he can be. Mm. No, no, he's he's a dead set, like edge strike back row. Yeah. And the base is huge. Like, mm. that base is incredible. And the other school of thought is they've got a lot of edge back rowers at the Roosters. Mate. You've got and, Gussie Crichton, and, and you've got not, Satili Tupanua, you've got Siwa Wong, uh, and you've also got Nat Butcher, who can play in the middle. We've seen all, him go in and play front row. All four of those guys you just rattled off, uh, they would get a start in almost any other NRL team. 100%. 100%. As, as, the, as the dedicated edge back rower. So, so it only takes a little bit of thought to be like, ah, oh, we're struggling in the middle. We need a bit of mm. uh, consistency, a bit of oomph. Uh, they go, look, Natty Butcher can do it. Let's rotate him through the middle. He, he could also go back to the bench and come on yeah, and play yeah. through the middle. And all of a sudden, he's not super coach relevant at all. So mm. there is a little bit of risk with Nat Butcher. But fuck me, if there's word that he is going to keep that right edge back row spot, get 80. I really do like him because I think there's yeah. some growth in that average. Oh, huge. Like when you take into consideration he only had 0.3 try involvements per game last season, you can double that. Mm. Um, if he's if he's playing consistently, um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan big fan of the play, but we just need to see how that how that does settle out. Yeah, and there, there, there a lot of those... a lot of play, a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, and then harking back to those players, those halfbacks that like to use the edge back rowers, Sam Walker's one of them. Mm. Those nice little grub, grubber kicks that he was putting in for Nat Butcher at the end yeah, of 2022, yeah. mm, yum. So yeah. got a lot of skill, Natty Butcher, and oh, yeah, I'm big on him. I love him. Mm. Get him up here. want to buff him. Um, <laughs> talk about buff. There's a buff dude right there. Oh. Getting buff dude, getting rubbed. <laughs> Mate, who else do you like here in the sweet spot? Uh, obviously Sean Lane, um, but I'll, I've got him as my chub rub, so I'll talk about yep. him, wax lyrical about him a bit later. Yep, um, cool. I'll talk about uh, Bo Firma. So obviously he had, had a really good 2022 before he got his ACL. Yep. Um, missed missed all, all of the, the, I think it was a pre-season ACL last season. So coming back from an ACL, um, look, I still think he'll average 62. But we've seen that there is a really high percentage of re-injury of ACLs. Mm. I experienced a few of those last season. Mm. Um, it's like he is the biggest no-go for me, um, I can possibly imagine. Um, there are going to be people in every league that will have a, have a crack at him. Chances, chances are it might, not, might be fine. Um, we also don't know what edge he's going to play on. Um, and look, he that left edge that he was playing on in 2022 was braining it, and 
it's now braining it again, but with Fafita on there. Yeah. I just don't think we're going to see the same attacking output on the right side that we did when he was playing left side. Yeah, I'm I'm just with you on the ACL stuff. Like, I'm just not touching cunts coming off ACLs. It's just yeah. not for me. I've seen it happen with you, and I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, I can you see the, the pain you, that you went through each week, and I do not want to be that guy. Yeah. You you had the popcorn. You were fucking loving life. It was, I was um, loving it. Yeah, on it, my end. It was, but I was, it was like, it was it was a tough. It was a tough also, season. It's fucking. I'm learning a lesson through mm. you because I was like, I yeah. ain't doing that. Fuck and that shit. A, and let's be honest, it's the best way to learn lessons. Yep. From someone else fucking up. Yep. Yep. That's it, bro. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna cover. And just thinking about it, man, the Parramatta Eels are just so sexy for Supercoach. Fuck mm, it. so I'll many know. players that are just really relevant, right? So we'll cover Bryce Cartwright and Ryan Madison, and then you can cover Sean Lane later. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Cardi, 62 average, base power, 51. Nice. Total try involvements of 14. We like that. CV was good as well, 34%. Yeah. Uh, but I looked into the 80-minute games, and he averaged 67 in those 80-minute games. So it was had a really okay. fucking good season, Bryce yeah. Cart, right? Um, and he, it's just so crazy. And it was it was it was underrated at the start of the season. Like he was a he was a stay away and all that sort of stuff because we just didn't think he was going to be able to string games together. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm happy to draft him at a sixty average for 2024. Yeah. I think that's. I think he locks down um, that right edge. I think that's his spot now. Uh, yeah. I think the way that the the eels or rotating their forwards and using their forwards in 2023 will just be replicated in 2024. You know, you're going to have Hopgood start at 13. You're going to have Ryan Madison come off the bench. Lane's going to take his spot on the left edge, and Cardi's going to get the right edge. So drafting mm. Cardi at a 60, which is probably be safe to get him at a 60 average. And yeah. also, there's some value there. He may average about 65. So I do like Cardi. And then Ryan Madison coming off the bench. Don't be scared yeah. of it, people. Don't shy away from it. The motherfucker's a beast. He almost he almost goes better oh, off the bench. Six, like 62 average, base yeah. power 57, still had eight total try involvements. Coefficients of variance off the bench, 24%. Yeah, he's, um yeah. And he's the thing is like, dudes for sure. even, the, well, let's be honest, he's everyone's buff dude he, and he is the buffest remember, of the buff. Do you remember buff. last season or the season before that that photo of him in the preseason where he had the biggest fucking cannons on I've ever seen? Man, he's got muscles on muscles. He's got muscles yeah. in his eyebrows. He, he, shits, he, he shits. takes he takes shits and then he looks in the bowl and his shits are flexing. He's fucking. He's buff, man. He loves on the same vein on that one. He loves the. He loves the low angle side shot. So like, get shoot oh, me yeah. down low and get me a side pump. And I'm just gonna flex this here and just get it going, baby. Because that's how I roll. <laughs> the thing about Ryan Madison is the things that made him so sexy in, in past years for Supercoach. He didn't really do in 2023. So he only, no. only had 23 offloads for the year. He only had 20 tackle breaks. So his attacking stats were way down, still managed to 62. So he's also got two games in there where he played 5-8. So you take mm. those out and his average jumps up to 66. So there's four yeah. points of value there with Ryan Madison. There's still growth there. Like if he comes on and starts throwing the ball willy-nilly with offloads, like we know he can, like he can push yeah. the pass. And I think those the, it's the line break involvements that you're really going to see a big uptick for him. He only had point point three line break involvements um, last season, and like 
Eels are a team that really thrives off second phase play. Madison's going to be trying it. Lane's going to be trying it. Hopgood's going to be trying it. Hardy, we know, has a fucking fantastic offload in him. Like, there's definitely going to be a fair bit going on. And yeah, I reckon Maddo is a great, great pickup. Um, I'd, mate, I take him in probably. I take him in picks 30. Yeah. No, no, for sure. It isn't. But the consistency and those games over 60, 65 points you're getting, are there. You're getting the Isaiah Yo type player, which yeah, is exactly. ba- so, bank, bankable base and look, has the potential for a bit of upside, but the ceiling isn't there. For example, if you had a gone Olakawatu or Nikara in the mm. third round, then backing up with a Ryan Madison in round four because Paddy Carrigan and Isaiah Yo are already gone. Mm. I don't mind like that at it. all. Yeah, you yeah. like him, you like him, you like him. So, just don't be scared off him coming off the bench. It's he's just gonna he's gonna do more of Maddo things in, in twenty twenty four, and I think they've unlocked him. They they love him coming well, they, off the bench they, they, and they, running at tired defenders. They definitely understand how to use him. Um, yep. like he he started on the edge last season, drifted back into into lock, and then we. I, Part of the reason why he went back to the bench was because Hopgood was playing so well. But I mean, he gravitated in towards that spot and he just made it his own. Like he, yeah, he really, really played fucking well. Parramatta players, twenty twenty four super coach. Mm. Oh fuck! Oh my god! Fuck yeah! <laughs> the the one problem is their by schedule. Like, I mean, the the draw. Sorry for the finals is fucking awful. Mm. Fucking awful. Um. So that they've got, oh, mate, you can you can go back to round twenty one. So leading into the finals, they've got Storm, into Warriors, into Panthers, into Roosters, into Broncos in round twenty five. Yeah. Then they, then they got the Dragons in twenty six, which isn't too bad. But fuck me, that's a run and a half of mm. tough games. That is, that is hard, isn't it? That, that is, is that, really like, tough. And um, like I, I'm looking at it and. Um, in our draw difficulty sheet that we've pulled together, it highlights out how hard how hard a team was to score against last season, and Reds across the board. It's Jeez, it's that's, a fucking tough one, man. That's really tapping a cold spoon on my Dylan Brown boner. <laughs> but the, but but if you are around twenty seven grand final. They go dragons in t- round twenty six, and then tigers in round twenty seven. So, I mm. mean, if you're if you're one it's of those, a little bit better. one of those hectic hectic leagues that play around twenty seven by mm. uh, uh, grand final, then fuck, it could be worth a shot. But yeah, it's yeah. Um, pouring a bit of cold water on it. Sorry about that, mate. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, anyone else here in the sweet spot you want to talk about before we get into the bargain basement? Uh, there's a couple. Uh, Teague Wilton. Um, I was listening to some of the Guru's podcast and um, definitely agree with him that Billy Burns is um, every chance of taking that Sharky's spot. Just when mm. we take him, take into account that both him and Talakai had defense, massive defensive issues last season. And we know that Fitzgibbon is a defensive minded coach. Um, I, I, I really rate Billy Burns highly and, I can't believe that the dragons let him go. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, I, I do reckon T Wilton get overdrafted and he's yeah. way more like 
we've got his average relatively high. So I think we've got him pegged at about a 61 average. He will probably average that, but he might also get shafted and won't play the rest of the season. So yep. he's he's one that I am Stay expecting away. will drop a fair bit in our um, in our rankings. He's just a complete stay away from me. I think mm. he's got danger written all over his forehead. Not only have you got the likes of Billy Burns coming into the side, who's a fantastic talent, but you've just got his defensive deficiencies that yeah. is, I mean, we've talked about him at nauseum on this podcast. The gurus talked about it. Like yeah, yeah. they go through him like a oh, hot yeah. knife through butter. So, and it's well, only going to take like a little bit out. of time. From our stats, it was always about who's lining up against Talakai and Wilton. Yeah, like or and and against the um the inside half. So, yep. and I think Matty Moylan was a bit of a scapegoat there because it wasn't oh, just his fault. It wasn't his fault. It was, like yes, he's a, he's a turnstile. He's a, he's a turnstile, but wasn't all his yeah. fault. No, exactly. So yeah, big stay away from me. Fuck Tig yeah. Wilton. He's in the, the no go zone. I think flip flip side of that is Billy Burns is a great mm. little stash. And I think yep. I think if let's keep it under wraps here, but I, I do think that um, he's definitely a player that you could get late in the draft. Yeah. So well, let's fucking get into the bargain basement so we can start well, actually, talking about one, blokes one, like there's that. There's one more. There's one more that I want to talk about that I, I think is a bit of talk a risk as well. Jacob Preston. Um, they've brought in so many players um, of that ilk this season. Um, yep. Josh Curran. Um, and obviously Billy Kicks is going to have a bit more involvement than he did last season as well. So I've just got concerns that he, Jacob Preston's second year syndrome, as well as, um, as well as those incoming players, I think he's going to be overdrafted as well. So I think he's actually going to shift in, should be shifted into the bargain basement. Mm. Um, but I do understand with his average from last season, pushing that 60 odd mark, He's a, he's a real risk of regression. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, a guy that I'm not really keen on um, mm. for all those reasons that you that you put up there. Yep. Uh, a guy that belongs in this category is, is Tyson Frizzell, but I'll talk a, bit, a lot about him. Mm. He's my chub yeah, yeah. for this podcast. I'll talk about um, him later. Let's get into the bargain basement, please. Well, that's the way bargain basement works. I'm very aroused. So picks 71 to 110, rounds 8 to 11 in a 10-man league. We're looking for value mm. here, people. So if you've done what we told you, which is get two in the first sort of five rounds, then you're just looking for the third one if you're, yep. you're playing with three two RFs here. So you've got guys like... Lemuelu, Josh Curran, Cam McInnes, Siwa Wong, Gilbert, uh, Jack Bird, Ford, Elliot, uh, Jack DeBellin, Jaden Sua, Schuster, our boy Billy Burns. Guys like that. Plenty, mm. There's heaps. There's heaps that fall into this, um, this category. Let's just try and pick maybe two or three each that we'll quickly go through. Well, who do you like first up in this, this category? I reckon a guy that is um, going to present a lot of value is Josh Curran. So I, I do think that he's going to lock, lock down. He's going to lock get down the lock spot. Lock down yeah. the lock spot. Um, and look, we've seen what he can do when he gets 60 and above minutes. Um, yep. He has a really strong PPM, has, has some attacking upside as well. He's definitely a player. Coming off a 41 average last season, 
<laughs> mate, no one's going. Not many people are going to be looking at him, especially when you look at the doggies um, emblem next to his name. Mm. It's a bit of a concern. But yeah, um, yeah I, I I do reckon he is a great base beast type of um, of uh, tour athlete. Yeah, should be looking to get probably round 10, 11, starting to get a bit of value filled. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we've seen what he can do in the past. He he can be a very relevant. He just needed he player. just needed needed the um a string of games together. So he's been used as a bit part sort of um, bench player. When he gets his start at lock, he he brains it. Um, was unlucky with a few injuries, but yeah, it's um good to see him get his start. And I'll be looking closely at at trials just to make sure that he is starting at that lock spot, and it's not Salmon that gets the gets the nod there. Yeah, or, for sure. Or, or Kurt Mann as well so yeah there's a couple of things that we need to suss out with that but yeah i think he can definitely be a player to get a value yeah i do like that call i like that that's great value and then you could even we're talking around 10 probably even later too like oh he yeah could, he could be a, he'd be a tasty sleeper very tasty sleeper like um, my, i just might like, yeah for sure not, yeah. <laughs> not, against, not against you I just want to cover the uh, the back rowers for the Knights. Obviously, I've mentioned Tyson Frizzell that I'll talk a bit about later, but you've also got that other spot. Now, a lot going on here for the edge back rowers of the Knights here because there's whispers that Tyson Frizzell could move to the left, which is really sexy for him. But regardless, there's going to be a spot up for grabs there with obviously Fitzy moving on, whether that be mm. the left edge back row spot, which is obviously the prime real estate in that side, or the right edge, which is still going to be great and is going to be valuable for every, for whoever comes in, right? So you've got Kai Pierce Paul, who I fucking saw a photo of him today. I haven't seen much of him. The cunt's massive. <laughs> He's got about two foot on um, Adam Elliott. He is a yeah, fucking yeah. big boy. Uh, we looked at his Super League stats last year. Hmm. He was clock, clocking up around that mid-50s average for Super Coach. Obviously a like likely type, big wraps on him. He is going to present value if he gets the nod. Mm. But also you've got Dylan Lucas. Um, Bucky played well when he when he did come in at the back of the Likely type, man. Likely type. So he averaged 55, base power 51. Uh, if you take out his 26-minute game, he averaged 62. So he's the one that I'm really excited about. If he gets the nod, on one of those edge back row spots. I really do fucking like him. I think he'll do a job regardless of what edge he plays. I think he just gets involved. Uh, young, bulletproof, just a really good mm. super coach player. Um, and I'll tie in while I'm talking about two RFs and the Knights, I'll tie in Adam Elliott as well. Average Wasn't he a disappointment last season? He was. He was, which I think may give us a little bit of value this year. So, Absolutely. Average 51, base power of 49, total try involvement 6. Coefficient of variance was 25%, which is really low. That We like that. Now, 62 average in games where he started and he played over 50 minutes. That's – surely he plays – well, we know he's going to start and mm. surely he plays over 50 minutes this year. He's mm. not going to have that groin issue coming into the year. He's not going to have uh, Kurt Mann stealing minutes from him in the middle. Yeah, that was, that was so, a that was a huge issue. The um, man ceiling minutes. So yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a big tick in his his favor for sure. We're looking at eleven points of value there. That's mm. fucking wild. Yeah. So 
Yeah, really tasty sleeper, Adam Elliott. And we know that he's capable of it. We saw it when he was at the Raiders getting 60 points off 50-ish minutes, around the mid-50 minutes. I guarantee he's going to get that for the Knights this year. It doesn't Mm. really have a lot of threatening players off the bench that are going to take those minutes from him. There's no one stealing those big minutes. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. So, yeah, a lot of value. A lot, lot to like about um, the Knights, you know, like for super coach wise, very sexy. Like mm. in the back line, forwards, they're all looking good to me. I'm really excited about them. Nice. What do you got for me? I've got a question for you, mate. All right, hit me with it. What the fuck do we do with Joshy Schuster? I mean, it's an easy, yeah. it's an easier, it's an easier question to answer now that he's lost five eight, which I thought was fucking dog shit. Um, but question remains: we've seen what he's what he can do at edge back row. Mm. Get back in, in the get in, get in the DeLorean, go back to twenty twenty one. Yeah, he had a fucking crackerjack season. Average sixty one. Um, had a coefficient variance to twenty one percent. So he can bust out decent scores and if he's in a position where he doesn't have to run as much he doesn't have to stay as fit um i think he's definitely um a likely type but mate he comes with so much risk attached to him um that you'd have to take him extraordinarily late and almost at that 45 average from last season Mm. um, because i don't think risking anything above that so in your last say four picks one of your first bench picks possibly um, I think so. That's what I was about yeah. to say. Like, if if you can get him on your bench, I don't mind that. Like, yeah. honestly, I think they'll they'll carry someone on the bench to to spell him. Oh yeah. I don't think yeah. he plays eighty minutes at all. So, and when he was averaging sixty a few years ago in the back row, he was playing eighty. So mm. that is going to take a bit of a hit. Um. Yeah. Just a guy that, like, obviously, if you're picking fourteen, it's your fourteenth pick. Yeah, like, oh, Josh Schuster's there. Yeah, nice. I'll take him. But unless he pops his head up then, not really interested at all, to be yeah. honest. No, I definitely agree there. Um, outside of that, Jai Arrow is one that is of a bit of interest to me. Yep. Um, yeah, you talked about him he's in got, the front he's, row spot. He's got the jewel. Um, yep. I'm picking him more, as obviously, as a front rower because I don't think he's yep. got much value as a 2RF. But yep. um, I do think he's got a huge amount of value just coming off that 40 or well, 39.9 average from last season. He's going to he's gonna slip a fair bit. Um, but, yeah, I've got him ahead of guys like Jeremiah Nanai. And, and for I'm sure, for sure. Fuck Jeremiah, to be honest. Um, let's talk about Billy Burns for a second with his stats. Oh, so he only played ten uh, games last year, average fifty-seven, base power fifty. In those ten games, he had six total try involvements and three tries. That was for the Dragons too, who were fucking an absolute shit show. In eighty-minute yep. games, he averaged fifty-nine. So, in this Sharks left edge, who just absolutely brilliant. You've got Tricky Trindle and Nico Hines feeding him ball and also the likes of Sifatalakai and Will Kennedy creating space mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. I mean, very arousing Billy Burns. I'm I really like him as a sleeper pick. I yeah. think even if even if it goes that yeah, Teague Wilton's getting the start, I don't mind him as a bench stash just in case because I fucking guarantee you can bet your dick on it right now. Timestamp this. The week that Teague Wilton gets fucking punted, Billy Burns will be the number one waiver claim 
and it'll be coming out of our mouths. Yeah. So if you've got him on your bench, you're a fucking one step step ahead of the curb, baby. Yeah. Well, I and think if you, there's it, nothing better than having that guy on your bench and everyone's going, yes, Billy Burns, fuck, this is going to be, I'm I'm number one on waivers. And they go start searching for him and you're like, hey, where, where is where, he? Where, where'd he go? Where is, where is this cunt? And then they look in your team and you've got him. Suck on these balls. <laughs> Bang. What a win. What a fucking win that is. So interesting. I do, yeah. I do really like him. I do really like him. And it was, it was pretty similar to um, Jaden Sewer and, and the yes. fact that we're so surprised with their output, you know, Jaden yeah. Sewer's thirteen games, average fifty-seven. Jaden is another un- uh, underrated. Um, I mean, he, he plays for the Dragons, which is one of the reasons. But his output is ridiculously good. So yeah, close, yep. close to close to a fifty base uh, base power. 31 percent uh, coefficient of variance. So you know good. what you're going to get from him. Wood um, also had a 24 yeah. minute game in there. I can't remember if that was injury mm. affected or suspension. Yeah, yeah. Take that out. It's a 60 average. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, he's definitely so, one, definitely one that I was looking at from last season. So, yeah, very interesting, very interesting, bro. Um, I mean, there's a few other guys here. Jeremiah Nunai, I don't like him. No. Um, Lucy Leilua, man, is he going to play Kurt, 80? Kurt Capel is an interesting one. Um. I like we know in seasons Plays on the gone, wrong edge. We know that in seasons gone by, the Warriors do use their edge back rowers. Since the since the whole DWZ and SJ, um, they've gone wider. So yep. I, I don't I don't really buy into the fact that Kurt Capel going to the Warriors is going to mean that he's going to average sixty. It's just not going to happen. He's, he hasn't he's been towards... super coach relevant in a couple of years either, Capewell. Mm. It just he, he's just fallen off a little bit. It's just a guy that I'm probably he's not had, even. He's had the upside in him. It's just he hasn't had it for a number of years. No, nah, no, nah, exactly. Um, all right, should we just keep on going? Hal Marys. No, the big. You don't. You don't want to talk about your boy again, um, Ruben Collar. Who? Nah, yeah. Fuck. I already told told you. I'm not touching him. <laughs> I'm not touching him. What one other one that I think is um is an interesting pickup is possibly Lucy Lou, Lucy Lailoa. Um, obviously both of the guys on the right side are going to be duking it out for a, for a bit of a spot. So Jeremiah and I is going to win that. But on the left side, he's punching through some decent decent minutes, decent um, output. Didn't really score too many tries. And I think there's definitely a chance for an uplift there. They've just got a really difficult run in the finals. So I don't know, many many average seventy three minutes with a fifty three average. Mm. That ain't great. Yeah, he's he's had he's had better he's had better seasons when he was at the um, at the Tigers, and that's kind of what I'm thinking that his attacking output can lift. But yeah, if you've you, got if, Lukey nipping at his heels as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I mean, Luke they've, the got, more... they've, got, they've got a lot of back rowers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And to be honest, Lukey is the more prolific super coach player these days. If, if Lukey was starting, I'd be yeah. interested. But he's yeah. not. And no. I don't think he will bar an injury. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, mm. Cowboys. How many? Outside, Let's go. Out, outside of Drinkwater and Dearden, I'm mm. not really looking at anyone, to be honest. Hit us um, with a sting, right. mate. 
Let's do it. The battle of wits has begun. Well, that's the way bargain basement works. <laughs> I'm very aroused. So, hail well, Mary. Well, that was hell. these are that just was bargain basement. Sing mate. Come on. Let me try again. Time here, seconds. We're gonna bet it all. You son of a bitch. I'm in. I'm in. Don't you give me shit about fucking. I had to, mate. I had to. Don't had you? To. Not this. Not this podcast, pal. <laughs> not this one. You can wait for the next one because this one you've already ruined it. Oh, yeah. You've already completely ruined it. It's, um, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, just shush. Just shush. <laughs> so Hail Mary guys like our boy tells Duncan um mm. Corey Waddell you've got yeah heal him Lukey if you want to have a stash on him uh Sean Bloor Zach Hosking now probably he probably moves up a little mm. bit now with that signing to the Raiders oh, um I, anyone I you want so. to talk about here Corey Waddell he's a very mm. interesting very interesting pickup for the Seagulls. And look, I think he will end up gravitating into that lock spot. And I think LIA, who's been in the front row rotation previously, I think he'll go back to that. Waddell, when he's had the opportunity at lock at the doggies, was punching out 60s for fun. I think he can do, he can definitely do that again. Um, he's, he's the type of player that, um, look, I, I'm willing to have a, have a bit of a stab at him. And just see how, see what falls out. And look, at worst, you draft you'd be drafting him at that forty eight to fifty average from last season. And I think he's he's got the potential to go fifty five to sixty for sure, and um, getting big minutes as well. So look, I, I I do like that as a play. And for Hal Mary, you, yeah, you, you, you do yeah. worse. whatever you can yeah, do worse. Exactly, hundred. Um, I don't mind Connor Watson as a bit of a, a throw at the mm. stumps here at the very late, you know, this I is think, your bench I think 16, spot. 16, 17 for yeah. sure. Even yeah, your yeah. last pick, he'll probably yeah, yeah. still be there. I'm just harking back with that, to the... Especially with that hooker jewel. It's yep, sexy. Exactly. Fuck. Um, so back in 2022, he averaged 50 minutes off the bench for a 52 average, mm. uh, which is, I'll take that every day of the week if yeah. I'm picking him last. Do you know what I mean? I think he comes off the bench for the Roosters. I think he spells cheese. I think he gets a lot of minutes at nine. I think they mm. use cheese through the lock spot. And so, we do know, yeah. we do know that Radley doesn't typically go eighty minutes, so he could go from mm. go from lock. Oh, sorry, from hooker to lock, and yep. then yeah, that Robbo could work out that rotation quite easily. So hundred percent, he's he is a player that we need to talk to Brian about. So and mm. our physios. So I just want to make sure that there aren't any potential issues of this um, this patellar injury reoccurring. The big thing for Connor Watson is, is if there's an injury to either Radley or Cheese, he gets oh. It doesn't matter which one because Radley yeah. gets injured, Cheese moves to lock, he comes on, plays bulk nine minutes, mm. Cheese gets injured. Kind of what well, comes Turpin, on gets more Turpin, minutes. Turpin's gone, so there's no. There's exactly he is the next next man and, um, for for hooker. Maybe Sandon Smith potentially, but I don't even think Sandon played any any hooker last season. So he did, he did. He came on and played a little bit. Hooker, okay. and he can play hooker, like he's played at the yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the at the younger grades. But the thing is, you can also rotate Watson through the middle mm. at lock, yeah, so he yeah. has more versatility than Sandon Smith, which is why I think they'll run with Connor Watson. 
So very interesting, a guy that, you know, one injury away and becomes very super coach relevant and yeah, proper throw sure. the stumps, you know, on your bench, put him on there, see how it goes and just roll with it. I love yeah. it. I think there's, um, just going through the list of players, I think one guy that we can probably put a bit of a line through and I think he's going to get overdrafted is Trent Liora. Um, mm. I think with the player swap of Sean Bloor and um, mm. Olam, I do think that, yeah, I think the writing's on the wall writing's for, the wall. for Trent. Yep. Yeah. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, look, he was pretty solid. Like, if he, he wanted a 45 to 50-point edge back rower with no zero, upside. Zero like, upside, yeah. He was getting that. But, um, yeah, he just not the type of edge back role that I, I would mm. ever look at. Yeah. Uh, mind you, if Sean Bloor gets a starting spot on the edge for Storm, he is the type of guy I'm yes. looking at because and he's a li- he is a likely type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll use him. He's Fire very, very hard, hard to stop. Gets involved. Mm. He he becomes a strike weapon in the back row for them, yeah, which is something yeah. the Storm haven't been big on. In the last sort of five years, they really haven't had the, the strike edge back role. They've always run with like the Kenny Bromwiches and the Kafusis of the world, really staunch defenders, just no strike on the edge and attack. Whereas yeah. Law will be the guy that can provide that. So interesting, one to watch in the trials to see mm-hmm. how that rotation and where they're going to start, guys. Um, exciting, actually. I, I really do like Law as a as a nice late pick sleeper pick. Mate, obviously, what? Gussie Crichton and Satili Tupanua are probably late picks because at the moment we have no idea. We have no news. We have no mail. We've got no idea what's happening. You've obviously got Satili coming off a lengthy stint on the bench through the injury. Mm. Had that ACL. Gussie Crichton, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had a brain explosion. Like You've obviously got mm. Siba Wong that looks like they're investing oh, heavily mate. in Wong. He's, he's a special type of player, though. Yeah. Um, but we, we, in the same same vein, Gussie Crichton, he's a special type of player as well. Uh, even in seasons if, gone even if you haven't had word about what's going on, I don't mind if, if it's late picks, I don't mind picking up Gussie just in case. I mean, we're talking about Angus Crichton here. At one point, he was a top 10 pick. He was, he was almost 70 average. Like he, yep. he's, he was a set and forget strike edge back yep. Like so absolutely tippity top. And just see what happens. If it doesn't work out, fuck him off. If it's a late pick, who cares? Hmm. Imagine picking someone up in the 14th round, like Gus Crichton, and he goes on to be the <laughs> Gus Crichton of old. Yeah. No, that is tasty as fuck. Very interesting. Um, anyone else you want to talk about here before we wrap it all up and start getting into the happy ending? Um, probably another player that I would recommend putting a line through is um, Elliot Whitehead. Um, yeah. he's, he's possibly going to either lose some time or shift in his role um, in yep. the team. So I think Hoskin coming in, writing's on the wall there. So yep. we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. I, They're prepping but, for life after him, yeah, for sure. He's had, he's had a proper stint there and he's... Yep. he's absolutely been a servant to him. So he's done really well. Um, but yeah, I think last season was, was a bit of an outlier as well. He, um, he was, his output was fucking fantastic. Um, mm. and he was really dependable in one of my leagues. So just as like that cover all option, but um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely one to, to miss on. Yep. Fair, fair. All right. Let's get into the happy ending. You want 
happy ending. I got a boo. Let me break it down for you so you understand. I'll hold your hand like a small child. Oh, oh fuck. Oh my god, fuck yeah. So two RF draft strategy. Talk to me, walk. So I touched on it before. There's there's two types. There's the high higher ceiling edge back rows, and then there's your base base locks. It's an important position. I don't care what anyone says. You've got to have at least one, at least one, probably two. I would recommend two in your first five rounds. Um, yep. It's it's one of those positions that you can't leave too late um, because there is so much value between rounds rounds three and round seven. You need to really make your mark in those in those rounds and get at least two to three um, in that period. So, look, harp on it again. Twenty eight percent of the top fifty players from last season were two RFs. Like this is mm. this is a fucking huge position. Mm. Um, so mm. one of your top four picks has to be a two RF. Has to be a two RF. Um, yeah. And there's plenty of value to partner them with. So you just keep it on a swivel. And you yep. just go for value. Don't shoot your water early on on players that may be um, in positions lacking in depth. Because, look, you don't necessarily need to go uh, positions lacking in depth just because the rest of the, the draft is going that way. And, like, these guys that we're talking about that we're saying take these guys in round three, round four, these are bankable points, people. Mm. Bankable. Like, this is week in, week out, solid output, solid uh, consistency with a touch of upside. If yep. they get the ball on the right points of the field when they're attacking, all of a sudden you jump up from that solid 65 to 70 and you get a 90-point game. So, yeah, I do love this position. And there's a few guys here that just pick themselves depending on how you've gone at your halfback or 5'8 position. Stack in, city, bitch. Stack, stack In the city. rounds earlier. Exactly. So if you've gone Dylan Brown in round one, just get Sean Lane. To reach for him. Who fucking cares? Just get him. Nico Hines, if you're pick two and you get him, make sure you get Britain Nicara. Make sure of it. Like, yep. get him. DCE, get Olakawatu. Reach for him. These are the guys you reach for mm. if you've got a stack option. Drone yep. Hughes, get Eli Katoa. Like, reach for these guys. Even if you have to go a round early, reach for them. If you have the half that is partnering one of these two RFs, Go early on them. Make sure you get them because the guys in your league are no doubt going to try and stop you. And yeah. what that'll do, you you either reach for them a little bit or you're forcing them to reach way too early. Either way mm-hmm. you win. Either way you win. So keep that in the back of your mind. See how you go in those first two rounds. See what sort of halves you pick up, if at all. If you get some of these guys that are linked heavily to an edge-back row Fucking make sure you get them. Yeah, Because then sure. you are flying, baby. You're doubling You're down. flying. You're Ooh, doubling yeah. down. You're giving yourself the best chance to make those finals and absolutely brain it. Yep. Yep. Big time. Now, I made a little bit of a list uh, of guys, just guys that are averaging over 60, but had a coefficient variance of under 0.35. So we're talking about guys that are scoring well, but are consistent at it. And it went, Yo at the top of the list with a 69 yep. average and a 0.18 CV. Then it went Maddo second, Nicara, Tohu Harris, Nat Butcher, Tino, Pat Carrigan, Keon Kalamatangi, Murray, Bateman, Fafida, Hopgood, Wilton, 
Big Red made the the cut there, and mm-hmm. Cardi. So a few guys coming out of twenty twenty three who scored well, but did so very consistently. The the one that really stands out to me there is David Fafita. With the yeah. sailing potential that he has to be yep. in that CV Valley, CV yep. area is 0.3. fucking, 30%. fucking phenomenal. Crazy. It's fucking Crazy. phenomenal. So yes, yeah, well, definitely, definitely one that I am looking at selling the farm for. Um, and and again, like you you said earlier, like Nicaragua doesn't have that ceiling, but he's got a seventy average with a twenty six percent coefficient mm. experience. So no, exactly mm, right. Mm, 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 yum 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 yum. All right, let's get into Boom Bust Sleeper. I think he's a bust. Sneaky, sneaky, sir. All right, boom. I'm going to go Eli Katoa. I think he has a big year. Like I said, I think there's about six points of value in him. And I'm going to err on the side of positivity when it comes to Nat Butcher. I think he can be the guy there at the the Roosters. I think he's shown the coaching staff that he is dependable. I think he gets the first crack at, at keeping the 80-minute roll at that right edge. They've seen him have that combination with Walker. Walker is probably already singing his praises. Mm. Not only is he going to be good in attack, but he's a great protector because he's so good in defense. So the deficiencies in Sam Walker's defense is sort of null and void because you've got Nat Butcher there protecting him. So yeah. I really like those two as my booms. Okay, um, look, I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go Viviliama Kikau because mm-hmm. I think that it was a bit of an outlier last season, and I think with the cattle that they've got coming in, the doggies, like he's he's not going to. He's like I'm not a huge fan of Viliama Kikau's scoring in Supercoach, but I do think that he's going to have he'll a beat forty five. Yeah, I think he'll beat forty five <laughs> so, as well. Yeah. <laughs> the other one I spoke about him earlier is Josh Curran. Yep. Um, absolutely crackerjack. 40, 41 last season, so he's easily going to beat that. Just needs to beat out um, Kurt Mann and uh, Jamin Salmon uh, to that lock spot. But, yeah, yep. I think he's got all the potential in the world to um, to absolutely kick on massively. Yep. And yeah. I'll, I'll even add to that another one, Siwa yep. Wong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like so he's, he, he only averaged 45 last season. So... I think he can easily get into the fifties, late fifties, and even into pushing the sixties. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was pretty impressive last year, and the minutes that he got. I mean, he only had two games where he played eighty minutes, average fifty six. But it was more of the eye test for me with Ron. Mm. I was like, this guy could be anything. And also, he's got Guru's stamp of approval, which you've got to take very seriously, people. If Guru's oh, on absolutely. him, now he's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Busts, I've got one. I've got Huddy Young. I just think mm. he's declining, and I think it can't be good for him uh, with no White in there and either KO oh, Weeks and- or Ethan Strange coming in. I just don't think it's good for his super coach output. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, yep. I've got I've got a couple. I've got Teague Walton. Um, not the fact that I think his average is going to dip. I think it's just his position is is probably Won't not play the whole season. season. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and as an owner from last season um that was the consistent concern because i was obviously watching i was watching all the games but i was watching specifically him play and yep. it was concerning <laughs> he is mm. not the best defender in the world no very um, bad and scotty Sorensen, i think he is definitely a, um a likely type to be overdrafted and he had a fantastic um can't season last again, year surely you, you, you can't be scoring nah. that many tries back to back so 
Yeah. Mm. I concur, Doctor. Yep, Scott Sorensen, <laughs> big bust. Yep. Uh, sleeper, Knights back rowers, uh, Tyson Frizzell, mm. yep. And then whoever gets the other spot, whether that be um, KPP or uh, Dylan Lucas, I like all of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm keen on all of them. Mate, you can even chuck in Adam Elliott there as a sleeper. Just the two RFs for Knights, I'm big on them. I think there's a lot of value yeah, to be yeah. had there. Uh, Billy Burns, uh, like I said, yeah. I don't even mind. I fucking uh, just carry him on the bench uh, just to see what happens. And Talis Duncan, just keep an eye on him as well. Yeah, he's definitely a watch and, watch and see because he's he's got a lot of talent, that kid. 100%. I mean, I yeah. do have some numbers here for Talis Duncan. He played four games. Uh, he played over 30 minutes. In the games that he played over 30 minutes, it was four games, he averaged 35 minutes. So he never... Um, he never played over 40 minutes in those games, but he averaged 40. I uh, averaged 48. So he had a PPM of 1.38. Granted, there was a try in there, but still. That's a that's huge very, PPM. Jesus. That's fucking impressive, man. So uh, low minutes, had a huge output. So there's a lot there to unpack with Dallas Dunk. I think he'd be there's very a lot to, good. There's a lot to like with his, his game type. And just mm-hmm. watching the games from last season, he had a lot of go about him. So yep. yeah, yep. very interested to see what happens there. So my yep. two, um, and these are these somewhat hopeful rather than um, anything based in fact, but Isaiah Papali'i, um, 55 average last season. We've seen what he can do when he has good ball. Um on the on the edge and look there's a huge question mark with what's going to happen with the new halves pairing at the tigers and look worst case scenario he's going to average around his base which he didn't sc- he scored bugger all tries last season so he's not going to drop from 55 um, yep. and he loves the tough stuff so he's going to he's going to get you solid 55 but he's got the potential to be a 70 point player mm. so um probably not at the tigers but he's got the potential to be a 60s sort of player. Um, and, yeah, that's what I'm looking at him um, as a potentially. I'm safe as houses going for his 55 average, though, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other guy that is a sleeper for me is Joshy Schuster. I just don't think anyone's looking at him, especially now that he's lost his jewel. Um, keeping him on the bench just to see how he goes. Um, you could end up with a 65-point player at the end of the season. So mm. he, you could also end up with a player who only plays four games and gets punted. But look, you never know if you don't try. And if, yep. if you throw away, if he's if he's there with your 17th pick, there are worse risks to take. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's mm. where the value lies is yeah. late in your draft like that. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, let's get into our absolutely not our fucking no fucking ways. No fucking way. No, I'm not working with this guy. I've been there, done that. Mm-mm-mm. And it's Jeremiah Nanai for me, uh, or oh, Nanai, yeah. or however you pronounce the name. Look, I just don't like what he's about. Uh, you are really relying on those tries. I'm not confident that the cows bounce back. Uh, I wasn't impressed with their four pack, and I just think. The way that he plays, it's just not great for Supercoach. And I don't want to be mm-hmm. relying on tries. I want that to be the cherry on top. I want to start yeah, yeah. with the, like at least a 45 base and then have that try that he may what's, score what's as a cherry on top. A lot of it's tries from kicks as well. So he's not exactly. even getting the fucking line break. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yep. No, thank you. 
thanks, but no thanks. Mm-hmm. It's yours. Um, so mine, both firmer, ACL. Yep. Just, I just yeah. can't do it. I can't do There'll it. There'll be there's a lot be, of these. I'll tell you what, there's going to be a common theme. Um, yeah. And this is, this yeah. is, use me as the experience for your season yep. drafting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Stay away. Give him at least a year. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. Sweet. Let's get into the chub rub. These player evaluations. Oh my god! Oh, I'm very aroused. Mm, so mine is Tyson Frizzell. Now I originally had Isaiah Yo, and then oh. as I was going through the stats for Tyson Frizzell, I was like, "Fuck yes, okay." Really started stroking my member. Had an average 57 last year, BP 52, total try involvement 6, 4 tries, coefficients of variance was 30%. Very Tyson-esque, you know. He's doing, he's toiling, he's not uh, surprising anyone. He's not putting his his hand up going, look, I'm one of the best super coach players there is. He's unnoticeable, do you know what I mean? Limited upside, but he's bankable. He He gets his job done. Start diving into a little bit more. So in 80-minute games in 2023, he averaged 62. In 80-minute games in 2022, he averaged 64. So over the last two years, he has averaged 63 in 80-minute games, but also played 20-plus games in both those seasons. So whether that be origin duties, injury, resting risk, whatever. There's just a bit of a fluctuation with minutes, Mm. but he's still playing a good chunk of games, but he's averaging over 60, which is sort of going unnoticed from people, right? Because each year he's sitting below that 60 average at at, at around that 57, 58. Mm. So even with the injury affected games, you look at his stats, very, very consistent over the last two years, had a 57 average in both those years, had a 44 base in 2022, then a 45 base in uh, 2023. That's pure base, had a 36 and then a 30% coefficients of variance, three tries in 22, four tries in 23. Just seems like he's the forgotten man at the moment. I really think there can be some value to be had here. And then we got the news that, he could be playing left edge back role for the Knights, which we know is mm. prime real estate. We saw what Lachlan Fitzgibbon that did there. We saw what Dylan Lucas did there. It's just there's going to be a lot of super coach points to be had on that left edge because there's just so much happening out there. You've got Best, Marzu, KP. They'll be sharing points, and there's going to be tries to be had. So you've all, now all of a sudden you've got a guy that's averaging between 57 and 63 consistently with a low CV. Now he's, he's the, the possibility of his try scoring goes up because he's playing on a more potent edge. Hmm. That's sexy as fuck. And I'm all about that. I'm all about that. I'm a big fan of how he plays. He gets involved, plenty of tough stuff. Now we could see an uptick in that jazzy shit, that real sexy play. And I'm all about it. And honestly, even if we harp on about Tyson Frizzell all preseason, I still think people will forget about him. They'll oh, look yeah. at him. They'll look at him in round six. They'll look at him in round seven. They'll go, man, nah, not for me. And they'll, for and me, they'll, they'll look at it's going to be for me. They'll I'll look at other him. options. They'll look at other options. And then they'll go, Give oh, me Tyson yeah. Frizzell. Mm. Oh. Do you mean like, just say you picked up your two. Your two big dicks in round three and four. 
and you circle back to get your third in round seven and Tyson Frizzell's there. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. That's arousing. Oh, my God. Yes, please. Just get me this on the penis. This is the bloke who got me on the penis before. <laughs> yes, he did. He grabbed me on the penis, and I liked it. So I'm oh. big on Tyson Frizzell, bro. Love him to yeah. bits. And if I don't get him, I'll be very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's definitely the uh, will he will be a likely type on that left side if he does get the run. But it's, it's like I like him on the right. Yeah, Honestly, I'll right, take him on the right. On the right, he's he's certain to forget he's dependable, and yep. you take out that that first game where he only played for fourteen minutes, average jumps significantly from there. So yep, um, yeah, he's definitely one that I'm interested in for sure. Me likey, keep your hands mm-hmm. off. <laughs> you you'll have to prime out of my ends before that. Uh, All right, my, my plans to get Sean Lane and Tyson Frizzell. Uh, I, I knew that would be the case. <laughs> my, you were looking at my stats, going, oh, oh, "I like this. I like this a lot." Talk to me about him. Yeah, so Sean Lane, it's it, look, it's probably the most obvious one um, out there. But look, had an injury injured start of the season last year. Was in and out of the team. Um, he. 2022 struck up a really good combo with Dillbags, but only scored two tries. But it, for him, it's all about that potent offload. So mm. taking it back to 2022, 26 of his 30 offloads were effective. So that's a that's a conversion rate at 87% went from offload into hand. Oh. And that is fucking awesome. Um, you look okay. at... You look at what he did last season. Um, he had uh, so he had effective offloads per game. Um, sorry, in twenty twenty two was one point two per game effective offloads. So that's four points per offload. More often than not, those led to either tries or line breaks. Last season, it was not point six per game. So he mm. he was his radar was way off. So he was six out of thirteen offloads were effective. So that's 46%. Um, So one of the key areas that he's obviously going to be able to improve this season is those effective offloads, getting a better strike rate for those and getting them in better positions as well. Um, Mm. Also try scoring, line running and things like that are other areas that he's, he's going to build. And I mean, his base was up to shit last season. So his base power average was 40.7 compared to in 2022 was 56. There's there's so many areas of growth on his average from last season, which is 43. Like 60, 65, I think he can do any sleep, um, especially with the team, the team around him and the combination that he's already got with dual bags, full preseason under his belt, injury-free, um, he's definitely one that I'm looking at. And look, coefficient of variance in 2022 was 32% as well. So he fits the bill in so many different areas as a player. Mm. He's um, he's one that, yeah, I've I've got to tap myself with a cold spoon about because look, it, it's it, the the big detraction for me is that strength of schedule in the finals is is really poor. And unless you're in around 27 grand final, it, it, it's a tough one to say absolutely do it because he will be one of those players that will be affected because he's obviously an edge edge player that relies on attacking starts. 
So if you're if you've got a round twenty five buy, don't even don't even really look at him. Um, let someone else reach for him. Round twenty six, you've got obviously the dragons. It's a decent game. I'd be looking at it. Um, yep. But yeah, it's round twenty seven. If you've got if you've got when are you taking before. him? When are you prepared to draft him? If I if I get dual bags in round one or or round two, wherever he falls, I'm circling back. I'm 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 going for for lane round three. It's probably the earliest I'll take him. Have to have um, to. Yeah, I agree. But I but I think he'll gravitate into round four. Um, and there'll be someone in every league that'll take him in round four, and that's the that's the main reason why I think round four is where he'll sit. And that's probably yep. where he deserves to sit as well, just with the potential that you got. The risks associated with it are minimal because of the um, the period between the end of last season and now. And yeah, the fact that he's got his, his body right. Mate, the thing that I love, he averaged 69, nice, in 2022 with two tries. It's a common theme, 69 average, isn't it? Yeah, we've said it a few times, <laughs> yeah. Um, he only scored two tries. That's mm. wild. So even in that yeah. sixty-nine average, yeah. there's room for growth. But if he gets a few more tries, but his game, like he's that lanky guy. He all he needs is to get within, I don't know, two feet of the line. He can twenty meters, twenty meters, twenty meters with his arms. Yeah, for sure. It's like that scene at a Space Jam with MJ, yes. and he puts his yeah. arm out to score the last basket. <laughs> That's big lane, yeah. mate. I'm, yep. I'm in. I'm you in. Son I'm, of a bitch. I'm in. I'm in, baby. <laughs> I'm a big fan yeah, of Sean yeah. Lane, and yeah, it all like if I got if I got Deal Brown in round one, one hundred percent, I'm taking Sean Lane. Sean Lane round round three. That's that's mm. that perfect scenario that I talked about before. I want that stack, and I'm reaching for it, and yeah. I want to get it before someone fucking snookers me on it. So and, and, and you and just thing- reach. The thing is, like, the, there won't be many people who don't have that will reach for him in round three. So I think no. you're pretty safe to get him in round three. If you wait to round four, that's when people are going to start to drop for yep. him. And there's going to yep. be one or two people in every league where the two people in our league that are going mm-hmm. for him in round four. So it's definitely one mm-hmm. that if you want him, that's the round. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The turn coming early round four. Um, so you're looking at sort of picks 30 to 35. Mm. It's when you, if he's still there, they're the picks that you want to be looking at him hard. Yeah. And to be honest, it's in the same sort of area that you'll see Olakuatu drop as well. Um, mm. And I do think that both of them have awesome potential. I'd rate Olakuatu a bit higher just because of that yep. buy, that, not the buy schedule, the, um, the, the draw for the finals. Yeah, strength of schedule. Yep, strength of schedule in there. So, yeah, it's oh, it's it's. I was I was looking through the stats and it, especially with the offloads, and I was looking at some of the highlights as well from twenty twenty two. And there's a lot to like about the game type that he's got. Um, he's he's the fr- first cut you pick in classic. Yeah. He's, he's the first cut you put in your team in classic. He's a frustrating, very, very frustrating tour to own at times, but the attacking upside is is what you love about him. Yep. He doesn't get into it. He hates tackling. He hates, hates taking runs and stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, sweet, bro. Do we have some questions from oh, the we have, patrons? We have multiple questions. So right, what well, I'm going to do is – 
I'd like to ask you a few questions. You want answers? You know the question. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? I'm Ron Burgundy. Let's go, baby. All right. So, Mickey, Mickey Rutland has asked this. Thoughts on Piacura? I like him as an option. Maybe my third to RF. Um, but he feels like he's more of a super coach. Um, or the super coach chatter might mean that he's overdrafted. For sure. He does fit that mold of classic will drive the price up for draft. And I fucking hate it when that happens, but it happens every year. And he is going to be a guy that will, he'll be a victim of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, But yeah, look, I mean, in his 80 minute games, he didn't have many of them, but he played a right. Um, It looks like he's going to get steadfast minutes on that left edge for the Broncos. You've got some, we know that Walsh likes to, skip down that edge and combine with Ezra Mam. So there's going to be ball, there's going to be space. So I don't mind the pickup. I just, he's not a guy that I would be prepared to reach for. No, uh, he's definitely the type that I'll be looking as maybe, maybe a fourth SRF mm. as, as a yep. punt. But um, yeah, I think you'd be spending a bit too much on him to, to bring him in, especially when you consider what, um, what Kate Paul did last season out there on, mm. on that, on that edge. <laughs> Not much of a return, so no. It'll be interesting to see because they did get a lot of attacking output in the the grand final. They got a lot of success down that left edge, so maybe that is an area where they'll they'll look to to focus a bit of their attack. But he's not one that I'd be spending too much of a pick on. Um, Definitely more of a classic option. Yeah, Callum has asked us. uh, Jumping jumping about the Gussie Crichton train again, or do we expect more Robo fuck around with him on the bench? Like I said earlier, we just have no mail on it. We mm. just have no idea what's happening there for the forward rotation for the Roosters. Obviously, trials and you know the little birdies of all the people with the inside info keep you know your finger on the pulse and anything that we hear, you know, we're going to let you guys know. But at the moment, we've got no idea. And we talked about it earlier. We're talking about a an absolute fucking legend of the super coach game in Gussie Crichton. And if he gets a sniff mm. of getting 60, 65 minutes plus, then he's very relevant. So oh, sure. it's, it's one where we needed more information on it. And obviously that left edge back row spot is up for grabs. Someone's going to grab it. We talked about Wong being favored. You know, he signed a big deal mm. for the Roosters as well. Tupano was there. Fuck, there's just a lot of mouths to feed. And we have seen, you know, Gussie go through the middle uh, over the last few years as well. So that's a worry as well. But just one to watch, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Davo has asked us, uh, where do you see Tohu Harris, Big Red, to- Tom Gilbert going, and Conley Lamuelu, just based on the fact that they've lost Jewel? Um, and... More often than not, those players were picked in the other positions that you weren't put, we weren't playing them in two or half. No, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think they're, they're devalued pretty heavily. Um, I think so. Yeah, uh, it's it is a real shame for for Tommy Gilbert, especially. I was expecting a real um, staunch um, comeback from his injury last season. So, and equally kicking the dick for Conor as well. And you're talking about guys where you want to draft them at around that 55 average. So you're looking at round seven, round eight, that you want to sort of start looking at them, you know, pick 60, 65 plus. 
Yeah. Um, Alex pointed out the um, the thing that we spoke about earlier, just about the, the buy rounds. So he said, uh, not a question, but for those who don't play buy rounds, so the origin period, um, and have a round 26 grand final, the Warriors don't miss a game and the major buyers round, um, round 27. So yeah. It's mm. it's it's an awesome yep. setup for for that, and yep. similarly, like we spoke about before, cows is another one that um, that is in the same vein, and the fins play all three three buyers in those systems, so they you have to devalue those sort of players. So yep. always have a look at your um, your league setup and just make sure that you're drafting appropriately. Hundred um, percent. Matty Wills has asked us thoughts on targeting some of the gun CTWs earlier um, and saving Turaf a bit later around, so maybe round five to seven range. Um, possibly some value for gun CTWs such as Manu, To'o, Tago, etc. after a quieter year. And some value in Turaf uh, with players like Firma, Lane, Curran, Frizz, if he plays on the left, etc. In an eight-man league, so he's going to have heaps of depth. Um, yeah, but he could grab two two gun CTWs in the first four rounds. Look, I we got to stick. I got to stick with what we've been saying. Yeah, and the thing is, like every year, there's there's two, three, sometimes four CTWs that come out oh. of the fucking clouds that you've picked up in round eight, round nine, and all of a sudden they're in the top 30 averaging players. Yeah. You don't see that often with two RFs. Mm. Two RFs are pretty consistent year to year, so you know what you're going to get out of them. But punts do come off for CTWs. Oh, yeah. Also, if you've got a deep bench, that's when you start looking at matchups, and you can play these CTWs, guys that are averaging – say 45, all of a sudden you're playing them in games where you know they're going to average 60. You mm-hmm. can't do that with two RFs. The mat, they're not as matchup dependable. So yeah. the flexibility you have with taking CTWs later in your draft is more conducive to a better draft and taking two RFs now earlier. So I get where you're coming from. It's very arousing taking these sexy CTWs. But if you're smart, you do it the way we're saying to do it. Agreed. JT has asked us to rank in order of preference. Um, Scotty Sorensen, Sean Lane, and Ellie Katoa. So, fuck, Sean Lane and Ellie Katoa are very, very close. Very close. Um, I think I'll go Ellie Katoa with the strength of schedule. Ellie, Sean Lane, Scotty Sorensen. Agree. And Scotty Sorensen, way down. Oh, I, I don't think I don't think I don't think way way down, but definitely well, he's not in the league. I I I think he's thinking they're in the same category, oh, or same right. tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. Katoa and got, Lane I've are got, in a different tier. I've got Scotty Sorensen in round five. Yep. Yeah. Um, and could we see a bounce back year from Isaiah Papali'i? Did fuck all an average fifty five? Uh, only scored two tries and one try assist all season. I know we steer clear of Tigers if Benji lets him offload. Oof. And look. I agree. Um, I think that if they can, with Caesar and with Bud Sullivan, if they can unlock him, I'm not sure who plays left, who plays right, irrespective, it's a new combination. Look, heaps of heaps of potential to uplift from there. I think that 55 is your absolute bottom average to work from. So if you're if he's available around. Um, what do you think, like round seven, eight? Oh, mate, 
Love that. Yeah, that's because that's some rest, decent, decent value for sure. Because you're drafting him at that 55 average. If you're that's getting I mean. him in round seven, round eight, you, you're taking him at that, that very it's, floor it's almost, that he has. It's almost no risk taking him at no. that 55 average. And there isn't. There are going to be so many people that don't look at him as well because of that round mm. 26 buy. So mm. if you and you could get him maybe at a 50, 52 average because mm. of that round 26 buy. Meanwhile, you've got a player that can get you into the final. Yeah. So yep. it, it, it's it's definitely a strategy to look at. And yeah, he's one that I've I think he's a sleeper for sure. Yeah. Um, next one, Maestro's asked us, might seem counterintuitive with how good the position is, but with so many tour Fs. Um, that we could conservatively bank on a 55 average with, is it worth chasing some gun posi- guns in positions with less depth and leaving some two RFs till later? Um, and he's in a 10-man league. Just don't overthink this position, guys. You're trying to think the room. You're trying to think the room. Keep mm. it simple, baby. Like we've talked about it. Definitely, you know, target two players in your spine, but we're talking about the first five picks, right? Mm-hmm. So all, all we're saying is get two two RFs in those first five picks. Then you've got three other picks there where you can target some of your positions lacking in depth. We've already said front row forward, you can fuck that off. And we've already yeah, said yeah. hooker doesn't matter if you don't get Grant. So there's two positions you don't have to worry about. The only other two you've got there is halfback. Well, only three you've got there is halfback, five, eight, and fullback. And really, I only care about getting one out of halfback and 5'8". So if you get a halfback or a 5'8", and a fullback, and two front, uh, two two RFs in your first four, four picks, yum. Yeah. Keep it simple, guys. Don't try and outthink the room. Yeah. A lot of it is about just chasing value, and you got to go on the journey of your draft. <laughs> like, yep. There's going to be yeah, value. have a plan. There's going, there's going to be value that opens up, and the only thing yep. you can really plan out is your first two picks maybe yep. your third pick yep. with different yep. contingencies. But fuck after that, you've just got to like go with the flow for sure. Yep. And the thing is like you may have a plan in place and it may be exactly what we, we were saying to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get you get David Feeder a little bit later in the first mm. first round and you're like, oh, well, I have to take him here. And now you've picked a two RF in your first pick. Your your plans drastically changed. Oh, huge. Because you were probably thinking that you were going to get either a, a half or a five eight or a fullback with your first your first pick. And then all of a sudden you've got David Feeder sitting there. Things have got to change. And then you've got to be like, what are you've got to start mm. changing on the fly? But if you've done the study, you know, that's when you can be Water, like Water, my friend. And you can flow. Yeah. No, agree, mate. Agree. Uh, Bob Jane has asked us, uh, not to RF related, but in your leagues um, with with captains versus without captains, what are the ways you would draft different, differently? And it's a it's a good question because we've we've spoken about it before. It only really changes your first three, so first thirty, maybe forty mm. um, rankings. And it's it's all about you don't want to be taking as many risks in yep. um, in a non captain's league because the payoff consistency isn't over there. ceiling. Yeah, well, your payoff's yep. not there as well. So you obviously have the potential to double down on the risk that you're taking for the reward. Um, yep. Conversely, you don't get that with a non captain's league. So you, you need a bit more solidity. You need to make somewhat safer picks, if that makes sense. Yep. 
Um, yeah. Perfect example is if you were to take, I would take Brian Toto over Payne Haas in a captain's league, but mm. I would take Payne Haas over Brian Toto in a non-captain's league. Yeah. So what, one of the things that we've um, we've tried to address this in um, in future um, in future uh, uh, top thirties. Top thirty list. I almost didn't make it there. Jesus, that was that was tough to watch. That was tough to listen to yeah. and tough to watch. Yeah. So in future top thirty, <laughs> oh, mate, it's it's so hot in here. Woo! Um, uh, top thirty list. We've started to put a red banner on players we would devalue in a non-captains league. So all of our all of our rankings are based on captains leagues because that's the typical system. Um, but specific for these top 30 lists that we're coming out with. And we, we don't st- cater to cowards. That's the other <laughs> thing as well. <laughs> we, 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 we now do cater a little bit for we're cowards. We're starting to you know, yeah, feed some crumbs exactly, to the cowards, exactly. I guess. Yes. We, 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 we've got to go with the flow. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So we, we started to put like red banners on the names of players who we would devalue in a non-captain's league. Case in point. Toto. So he's one of the players that we've devalued um, in a in a non-captain's league um, purely on the basis that there is a little bit of risk and reward that you go in with to draft him earlier because so much potential on that right side with um, mm. with Tungo coming across or, poten- or potentially um, uh, May coming across and um, the ball hog, the glue hands leaving not being there so yep. it's um it, it is a it is a big thing to consider if you're in one of those leagues i in one of my leagues it is a non-captain's league so it is something that i do think about but like i said at the very start it's only those top four top 40 ish picks so any yep. of your captaincy options really mm. i agree or vc options as well and it's yeah, yeah. So guys that I, I wouldn't really consider or not not necessarily not consider, but I would I would put down my list significantly um would be guys like Turbo, who's who's a injury risk, KP, who's a bit of an injury risk as well with his head knocks. Um Pappenhausen, we just don't know what's gonna happen there. Um Toto with the with the positional changes, just just things like that, and that's the sort of vein that you got to be thinking about when you're when you're valuing these. Easiest players. way to think of it is consistency versus ceiling. Yeah, simple. Brevity. Next. Next, Next question. That is, that is it. That is it. That's it. We're done. Yeah, we're all okay. done, baby. All right. All nice. Done. Whew, it's a big one. I knew it was going to be big. Oh, mate. Always this is. The, this is. is the most. There's the most to talk about in this one. This is the two RS Yeah. Yeah. Hefty, meaty, just, yeah, a lot of weight behind them. But I think we did well. I think we covered mm. the main guys. We had, we we sort of talked about the big dicks. We covered a lot of value plays as well because that's what people are after, trying to get value in your draft. So I think we've covered it all pretty nicely, bro. Mm. No, it was a good hit out. 
All right, so we have got a podcast coming up with The Guru. So The Wire is back for 2024. This will be just a bit of a general draft dribble chat. We'll be fucking chewing The Guru's ear off about all the the burning questions in draft because we know the big dog's got his ear to the ground. He's got the finger on the pulse. He knows a lot of little birdies and we'll uh, we'll be prying that information out of him on the podcast and also just a fucking good chat shoot the shit bit of banter it's going to be a bit of fun that one coming up soon and then we'll get back into the positions obviously we've got halfback Mm. five eight ctw fullback uh chat with brian coming up as well so Mm. a lot more to come on the pre-season we'll keep rubbing we'll keep rubbing you down and and hopefully you you guys just keep enjoying it yeah exactly keep loose baby look heaps of stats on patreon so hit us up get in there patreon.com forward slash rubber stats so if you want to have a look at any of the um, strength of schedules um, positional rankings top 30 rankings a whole bunch of different odd stats as well that we we've been posting up um, just ha- jump in have a look you can actually see what we've what we've started to, to post you won't be able to obviously see the info but you can see before you um, put down your eight bucks for the for the month Two dollars a week. Come on, it's fuck all. Yeah, easy. It is fucking easy, people. All right. Also, fire up those five star sledges if you want to get involved Ooh, and big time. and go in with the chance to make it into the rub down listener league for twenty twenty four. And again, you want to get in the draft league? Don't have enough mates? Want to give it a try? Whatever the case may be. Maybe you only have six mates. You want to grab four randoms to make mm. a, a ten man league? Yeah. Let me know. Easy peasy. I'm making a list as we speak. Uh, once I get enough guys to make a 10-man league, set it up, get you guys involved in a chat, and I'll off you just go. Piece of piss. But that's it, bro. It's just, she's been a slog. It has. She it has been a slog. Go yep. follow us on all our socials, you fucking dogs. That's it. <laughs> Remember, there are many things a man can do with his time. This is better than those things. You're damn right, Wooker. Catch us next round on the Weekly Rubdown. Hooroo! <laughs> <laughs> Next time, buddies. Take me down. I have seen it all. Get that India. Get that India.